Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get Hey, welcome in on a Friday afternoon to the Mike Heller Show. Wherever you might be listening to us on your iHeartRadio app or on the Big Ten 70, 100.9 FM in Madison or 100.5 FM in Wausau. Wherever you might be, as I said, to open, we welcome you aboard on this Friday afternoon. I'm taking in a little scoreboard watching with Cubs and Cardinals already underway in the second inning. Cubs lead that one 2-1. to one. Brewers are in Philadelphia tonight. They'll send Matt Garza to the mound. There is conversation out there that the Brewers are in trade conversations or at least have expressed interest with Justin Wilson of the Detroit Tigers. He is their closer, a closer rather, also with names such as Brad Hand, Addison Reed, Sonny Gray. So we'll continue to see what's up there. Cubs apparently have some interest in you, Darvish. And the Tigers are making a trade for Justin Verlander, maybe more affordable. Anthony French of the Detroit Free Press reports that the Tigers are willing to pay the remainder of this year's salary for Justin Verlander, which is worth about $10.9 million. So they're trying to uh, include cash in any Verlander deal. Of course, he has a complete no-trade veto clause in his deal that is there, that he can shut down any conversation, any proposed trade. So all of this going in on a Friday afternoon. We welcome you aboard. I'm Mike Heller. Jimmy Cuska is in studio with me as John Audius is suspended for today's program. Drew Olson will join me in an hour. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, Mike. What's going on? Um, I said to you as I uh, flipped over the uh, TV station of the MLB network that it's not necessarily the best idea for me. I don't get distracted like John is, like John will. When Audius is in here, if he turns something on or starts watching YouTube videos, uh, his involvement in the show just goes away. He just can't. He can't uh, multitask. That distraction is the end of him and his involvement on the show. So, me on the other hand, my issue in turning on Cubs Cardinals is the frustration level could grow as the afternoon grows. We, we've all waited for the Cubs to get hot. Not anticipating like, hey, oh, I can't wait for that. Just waiting for it because you felt at some level it was inevitable. And it has been. You know, they, they won six in a row. They lead today at home against the Cardinals for a weekend set uh, against St. Louis, their bitter division rival. 
So we'll see how this one works. The Brewers in Philadelphia tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. And then an off day before a trip to Washington, D.C. to take on the National League's second-best team in the Nationals. And then come home with the Cubs a week from today. So what I did, Jimmy, is uh, is I revamped our Twitter poll question. And if you want to hit the button, I, I imagine I've got the responsibility for our Big 2 at 2. This is the Big 2 at 2. The top two trending sports stories this hour. Number two. Was I right about that when I said I imagine it's my responsibility? Uh, yeah, Since I think so. you and I didn't talk about that off the air. <laughs> um, so I'll get to the Brewers here in a moment, but let me start here. Uh, there is a, a poll that came out. They do this every year uh, before the Big Ten football media days because the Big Ten football doesn't actually have a, uh, a poll that they put together. The conference doesn't do it. So they do this every year. They end up having a poll. I think it's done through one of the newspapers in Cleveland, um, and that indeed is the deal here. Cleveland.com puts together this uh, poll of the teams in the Big Ten. So here's how it kind of works out. In the East, no surprise, Ohio State is picked by 34 of the voters to win the East. Seven say it will be Penn State. One says it will be Michigan. So there are 42 voters there. 34 of them say Ohio State. In order, then, it's Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers. Those are the teams in the East. In the West, Wisconsin, of the 42 votes, um, actually, it's fewer than that, and I'm not really sur- sure why. But in the West, Wisconsin gets 31 of the 37 first-place votes, followed by Northwestern, their second in the favorite line, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, and Illinois. So they also go to the Big Ten title game, and in the Big Ten title game, 22 voters have Ohio State over Wisconsin. Five voters have Ohio State over Northwestern. Two have Ohio State over Nebraska. Three have Wisconsin over Ohio State. One has Wisconsin over Penn State. Four voters have Penn State over Wisconsin in a rematch of last year. And one has Michigan over Wisconsin. 29 votes for Ohio State to be the Big Ten champion, Wisconsin and Penn State with four votes apiece. So I, I, I asked the rhetorical question, the question that I will ask and answer, what does that make you feel about Wisconsin? I think we all knew this, that Wisconsin would be on paper the favorite to win the West. On paper doesn't mean a ton. In fact, it means if you had a ton of paper, that's how much that would mean. It just doesn't mean anything other than it's a conversation piece. Last year, nobody, a lot of people had Wisconsin as being an under 500 team based on the merits of their schedule. One of the reasons they're thought of so highly this year is how many defensive starters they return, returning a quarterback, and having a more stable offensive line as far as some experience involved there, and schedule. That Wisconsin, where the Big Ten is concerned, just doesn't have as difficult of a schedule. And to that point, what does that ultimately matter? I think we learned last year, in the other fashion, that it doesn't matter much. If you want to pay that much attention to the schedule and base what you think will happen on the schedule, the perfect reference point to understand, don't get too far ahead of yourself, is a year ago. Keep this in mind. Of the non-conference games, Wisconsin will open on that Friday night with Utah State. 
Florida Atlantic comes in a week later. Then they go to BYU. Wisconsin does in Provo, Utah on September the 16th, 2.30 kickoff. That'll be tough. The Badgers uh, have a really good break in the schedule in that they get the week off between BYU and opening Big Ten play at home against Northwestern. That's a good thing. Northwestern will provide a significant challenge. Wisconsin hasn't fared very well against Northwestern, to be fair about it. So they get Northwestern at home, then a road game at Nebraska. So uh, just like it was a couple of years ago, the beginning of the Big Ten and the end of the Big Ten will decide almost everything for Wisconsin. After the opening Northwestern home Nebraska road, the Badgers will get Purdue and Maryland at home, Illinois and Indiana on the road. Then they will finish with Iowa at home, Michigan at home, and a road game against the boat rower in Minneapolis. So I think Wisconsin will be fine, but I'll, we'll know a heck of a lot more about what this team will be after the first two Big Ten games. If they're in a really good spot after the first two Big Ten games, then you can look out. Then you can start talking bigger picture stuff early. Let's see how the team plays out, especially in the first three non-conference games, the opener against Utah State, the third game against BYU on the road, and then those first two Big Ten games. I think those are the critical ones to pay attention to. Number one. All right, our number one in our Big Two at Two, and this is all about the Brewers, and this is about the Twitter poll question. On Wednesday of this week, I asked essentially this question. Where do you think the Brewers will be after the road trip and then the three games at home against the Chicago Cubs? In other words, on August the 1st, I asked where they you thought they would be at the time, by the way, the Brewers, I believe, had a two-and-a-half game lead in the division. Now it's at one game. On Wednesday, the poll question went out. A ton of you voted, and 51% thought that on August the 1st, the Brewers would be in second place. 32% thought the Brewers would still be in first place. And 17% thought the Brewers could drop all the way to third place or worse. So I asked the question differently today. Rephrasing the poll question from Wednesday, changing the date from August 1st to July 24th. So Monday, after the weekend set, Cubs are home for three. They get the St. Louis Cardinals. That game is now even at two all in the bottom of the second inning. I believe it's bottom of the second. Game is tied at two regardless. The Brewers are in Philadelphia. If you wanted to take it a step further, the Pittsburgh Pirates, let me double-check where the Pirates are this weekend because that's the other team that could figure. If the Pirates swept and the Brewers were swept, then the Milwaukee Brewers could be in a, a position where the Pirates would be even with the Brewers in the standing. Pittsburgh is in Colorado. Very good team uh, with the Rockies, but Pittsburgh is, is on a run. So that being said, I only offered up first place for the Brewers or second place to the Cubs when we get to Monday understanding the Brewers lead by a game, entering play today. Early voting results. Well, Jimmy, what do you think? On Monday, one game lead for the Brewers. They play three against the worst record in baseball at Philadelphia. The Cubs, six wins in a row at home for three, including one right now against St. Louis. When Monday comes... Where will the Brewers be in the standings? I think a lot of people could figure the Brewers would win a couple of games from Philadelphia like they did just a week ago. 
even though they're on the road. The Philadelphia Phillies are not a great baseball team. And uh, the Cubs and Cardinals, you know, even if the, the Cubs win one or two games in that series, it would still leave the Brewers in first. I'm going to say the Brewers are still in first place. You and 34% of the early voters, now 35% is your vote probably registered, uh, first place, 35%, second place, 65%. It did not give a third option. Uh, it would have to have the Pirates sweeping and the Brewers being swept, and that would put the Brewers in a second-place tie with the Pirates, uh, depending on what the Cubs did. So I, I only gave the two choices. We'll monitor that throughout the afternoon. Get your phone calls on it as well. We'll take a break here. I'd love to get your thoughts on the conversations that the Brewers are in trade talks with others. What's your feel on this? I had a really a good friend of mine who called in. He's a big-time Brewer fan. Called in yesterday from Virginia, which is where he lives, but gets the MLB package so he can watch all out-of-market games so he sees the Brewers play every day. And he said that he felt kind of good that the Brewers had lost a couple in this regard so that they're not pressured or feel any push to make a move and make that move for now and the future, but it could cost them some of their playing chips as they roll forward. In other words, he would like to see them hold their hold their ground on who they have in the system and and just stand pat and see what happens. They've gotten this far with what they have just to play it forward. The Brewers are in some conversations. So as that works, you know, among the players that the Brewers are rumored to be in conversation about, Justin Verlander, Brad Hand, Addison Reed, Sonny Gray, Justin Wilson. Five different pitchers, two with the Tigers, one with the Mets, one with the Padres, one with the Oakland A's. What's your feel today, 10 days out from the trade deadline, on what the Brewers can and should do? If you're the GM, 877-729-1070, 877-729-1070. Welcome aboard on a Friday afternoon. This is the Mike Heller Show. say we're in first place we're happy and we're ready to go and um the 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 season is a um it's a test it's a grind it's a it's long and uh it's filled with adversity um and and we're going through a little patch right now Craig Council of the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers on the road tonight, beginning this three-game weekend set in Philadelphia, part of a 10-game three-city road trip, 0-4 to start. Matt Garza and Aaron Nola, the pitchers of note on the mound to open the game tonight. Brent Suter and Jeremy Hellickson tomorrow. Junior Guerra and Jared Eikhoff on Sunday. 6.05 tonight and tomorrow night, Central Time, 12.35, just after noon on Sunday, an off day on Monday before the Brewers go to D.C. and take on the Nationals for a trip into the nation's capital on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, then come home with the Cubs. So I asked this question earlier today on Twitter. In fact, just a short while ago, posted it, uh, rephrased it, because I asked the same question on uh, earlier in the week, but I had an August 1st after the road trip in the first three games on the homestand against the Chicago Cubs. I changed it to say once we get through the weekend, so in other words, on Monday, Where will the Brewers wake up on Monday in the standings? Still in first place or in second place to the Chicago Cubs? Only give you two votes, two choices. And there are just 100 votes in so far. 59% say second place to the Cubs. Cubs playing right now against the St. Louis Cardinals in a game tied at two going to the bottom of the third inning at Wrigley Field. So we'll see where that works. 
Um, I, I talked about this trade deadline stuff where the Brewers are concerned. They're in conversation. If I just put you in the role as general manager, given what you know today, 877-729-1070, 877-729-1070. And if I tell you the trade pieces that have to go away include Brett Phillips, if I'm going to protect Lewis Brinson and I say Brett Phillips and a, uh, a Woodruff, their minor league pitcher, if I just if I gave you two guys, those two got to go. Who are you willing to deal for? And should you make the deal now, given what you know today? Because some of you, 877-729-1070, 877-729-1070. Some of you, and I don't know what the right answer is, to be fair about this. I don't. I, th- I think that the Brewers should go out and acquire a pitcher, and it could be Sonny Gray because I think he gives you the most upside for the next three years. And I think that's a good move, although I wonder in the grand scheme of things if you're not better served doing that in the offseason when you have more time for negotiation. There's, there are two schools of thought here. Making that kind of a deal in the winter, uh, either some think that it puts you in a greater position to, uh, to fully negotiate through, some people feel that at the trade deadline there is pressure and you can get a better deal because there's pressure on both sides. And if, you, if you're good about it and, and you can play some poker, that you might get a better deal at the trade deadline than you can in the winter when there's far more conversation and there's no dead, real deadline to it. So I'm just wondering, you sit today, you're the GM, you've got 10 days to make a decision, but shoot, if you're going to do this, you'd rather do it sooner than later, wouldn't you? So if you would have to make a deal this weekend, would you? If you're the Milwaukee Brewers, they still lead the National League Central by one full game over the Chicago Cubs. 877-729-1070 is the phone number. And we have calling in to the Mike Heller Show, Brett in Fort Atkinson. Hi, Brett. How are you? Hey, I'm great, Mike. Thanks a lot. Um, I First of all, two things. Uh, I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think the world is over. Um, they ran into a hot pitching staff. I, I consider myself a casual baseball fan. By that I mean I, you know, I don't watch much baseball other than when the Brewers are playing. But I did see the Brewer, er, the Pirates a couple times earlier in the year, and I was really surprised at how poorly they're playing. Their pitching staff is solid. Their bullpen is incredible. And they ran into hot pitching. It's going to happen. Um, a point I wanted to make, Mike, if I could, please, is uh, I don't think that a trade for a starting pitcher is a bad idea, regardless of where they are in the standings. Uh, if they're a game up or 10 games down, I think bringing in a veteran pitcher, a Verlander or a guy like the guy from Oakland, if you have a couple of years of control of the guy, now you have guys coming up from the system, from the farm system, and they could learn the work habits, he could be kind of a mentor and so forth, and the Brewers have the money to spend. So if you bring in a starting pitcher, and you know he could mentor some of these guys, and I, I, I think it would be a great addition. I, I think if you burn a couple of draft picks, I'm not saying top-shelf draft picks, but I think somebody out there is going to be willing to uh, deal for some of these maybe mid-level draft picks and, uh, and bring in a starter for the Brewers. So that's my thoughts. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, Brett, thank you. Appreciate your phone call. Thanks for listening. By the way, uh, Brett in Fort Atkinson might very well be listening to us on the Big Ten 70 or 100.9 FM, or he could be listening on his iHeartRadio app, which allows you to take the show with you no matter where you are. 
no matter where you are, you can take the show with you and listen to it. Um, so that could be the case as well. Here's the thing about about his point, which is a valid one, to talk about acquiring a starting pitcher. Again, remember, we're not talking about a rental. The Brewers took the rental out of play early in conversations. David Stearns, Mark Atanasio made it very clear. The Brewers are not in the rental game right now. Two years from now, you could very well be in the rental game. The Cubs could be in the rental game right now. But two years from now, the Brewers might be today. They're not. So a deal that acquires a guy like, whether it was a Verlander or a Sonny Gray, the two most notable starting pitchers that are available and under club control for at least two more years, that makes you better, doesn't it? Now, the reason I said I said yesterday, and I'll repeat it again today, I would shy away from Verlander because he's 34 years old, and he's a power pitcher. So I would think you get diminishing returns on him over the next two years. He's a power pitcher who's getting older. That's not a great combo. Sonny Gray has spent each of... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Parts of each of the last two seasons on the DL. He does not have a dominant fastball. He's got a spectacular curveball and has worked with... uh, the Brewers, part of their coaching staff in the past when he was at Vanderbilt. So I I think of it this way. If you can go acquire a starting pitcher that you have under control for two years and you do so in such a way that doesn't compromise too much of your prospect list, your top 10 in the minor league system, I'm okay with that. I think Lewis Brinson is off the table. I don't think Brett Phillips, who's right now with the big league club, I don't think he's off the table. It'd be interesting, and I've said this a couple of times, what if you packaged Brett Phillips and Jonathan VR and then another lower-level single-A-type prospect today? Could you do that kind of a deal and get Sonny Gray and one of their prospects in return? It's an interesting concept because, listen, Jonathan VR has a tremendous upside. We've seen the upside, which is really impressive, and we've seen the issues, which bother some people a lot, especially making outs on the base paths uh, and some defensive liabilities. He can also be spectacular on both fronts. So what would happen if that deal came into play? All of this is open and fair game. We'll continue to hit on that as we go through the afternoon. By the way, a moral dilemma is... The end of a coaching career at Ole Miss. And Brett Favre's steakhouse in Green Bay? No longer? I'll explain when we come back. This is the Mike Heller Show. So, former Green Bay Packer and Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre is coming to Green Bay. He'll be back in town receiving the Distinguished Service Award August 9th during the Leah Remmel Sports Awards Banquet in De Pere. 
but his steakhouse will no longer be his steakhouse. Although he's going to retain ownership, he owns 50% of the Brett Favre Steakhouse. The Brett Favre Steakhouse on Brett Favre Pass will change its name to Hall of Fame Chop House, effective July 26th, next week. They will even have a ribbon cutting coming up on Wednesday. So uh, Favre owns that with Dick Monfort, who owns the Colorado Rockies. They teamed up and founded Brett Favre Steakhouse in October 1998, and uh, they will just change the name, although he'll remain as a co-owner of the restaurant. They'll just change the, the name to... Off of Brett Favre Steakhouse, it will again be renamed to Hall of Fame Chop House. So, if you call to make reservations, just know that that will no longer exist in its current form. Just going to change a little bit uh, in that regard. The other note of the day: if, these are things that uh, you know the national sports talk shows have talked about it all day. I don't need to spend a great deal of time talking about what happened at Ole Miss. Football coach Hugh Freeze resigned effective immediately on Thursday night with the Rebels athletic director telling uh, media outlets that the school officials found a pattern that included phone calls to a number associated with a female escort service. There are a number of layers to this, this story. He was, Ole Miss was asked, including Hugh Freeze, was asked to apologize to Houston Nutt, the former head coach at Ole Miss, for accusing Nutt of being responsible for discretions in the operation of the football program that landed them in some trouble. Nutt said that it wasn't his responsibility, that he wasn't at fault, and he had asked for an official apology from Ole Miss and from Hugh Freeze. He didn't get it. Then there was a potential lawsuit, and phone records were revealed in which Hugh Freeze had placed not one, but upwards of 13 phone calls to an escort service, professional escort service. He was asked to and resigned from his position last night. Now, I think this goes true to politics, business, and sports, that power and success corrupts. So that's, there's that old line, right, that, uh, that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't think it is uncommon. I'm not throwing a blanket over it, but I don't think it's uncommon in our society to find that very successful business, politics, and leaders in the athletic world, whether it's players or coaches or administrators sometimes, have found themselves in compromised positions. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. No, not surprised. Don't like it. It's, it's the seedy side of the business. And you know what? It also applies, if you want to cross uh, the business lines here, it also applies to the music industry. I worked for a bit in country radio, and I was around enough, just enough, not too much, but enough to see the issues you know, at uh, CMA Awards or in Nashville or around artists uh, on tour to see enough, to see enough to know that you'd like to think that most of them are good people and not doing things that married men and women shouldn't do uh, on a regular basis, but that's not the case. And it's also not the case in athletics. And it's also not the case in politics. And it's also not the case at high levels of business. Power corrupts. 
So I'm not surprised that Hugh Freeze and the situation that happened at Ole Miss. Not surprised is a little, little off the, the path here. I'm a little surprised, but not deeply surprised. I'm more surprised at what happened at Louisville. Not shocked. It's just it seems like it's completely out of bounds, doesn't it? But we've heard rumors for years and years and years. I've been around programs or heard enough stories of programs that have skirted issues by having relationships with uh, police officers or the chief of police. So that if something might happen, and this is both at the collegiate and professional level, if something might happen, especially historically, maybe not as often now, depends on the community. But there are many, many, many times in which the first phone call made when an athlete might find himself in a little trouble was not to a judge, but it was to a head coach. Hey, uh, so-and-so's in a little trouble down here. You want to come get him before word gets out? Those kinds of things. And if those things surprise you, then I think you got to pull your head out of the sand a little bit. In this case, the Ole Miss football situation with Hugh Freeze, his resignation is warranted. Uh, sometimes karma will get you. But we've had, you know, the, he's not the only one. You talk about uh, these situations over the course of time, you know, player, coaches that have left unceremoniously. How about Woody Hayes when he choked the Clemson player in the Gator Bowl? Or how about the departure of Bobby Petrino from Arkansas after an in-office extramarital affair and a motorcycle crash left him reeling and then out of a position? How about Mike Price at Alabama, who had taken the job and only coached in their spring game when he was in strip clubs and uh, ran up somebody ran up a thousand dollar bill on university the university's dollar and he was out. Hugh Freeze as of last night. Uh, you don't have to there there aren't you don't have to look very far to find these. I guess is the point. They're all out there, uh, and, and it's not totally uncommon to find these. So uh, we continue to work through afternoon baseball at Wrigley Field. One eye on the game, so a little scoreboard watching. Cubs and Cardinals are tied at two apiece. Posted the Twitter poll question earlier today asking on Monday, coming up on Monday, which is an off day for the Brewers, where will they be in the National League Central standings? Right now, one game ahead of the Chicago Cubs. In listening to most people talk throughout the week, especially in the last 36 hours, you would think that the Brewers had already fallen out of first place. Well, they're not out of first place, at least not yet. So I asked this question. Cubs are home for a three-game weekend set underway right now against the St. Louis Cardinals. Cubs just uh, took a 3-2 lead in the bottom of the fifth inning of that one. The Brewers are on the road against the worst record in baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies. The Brewers in Philadelphia for a three-game set that begins tonight. Where will Milwaukee be in the standings come Monday? Right now, 57% believe in second place to the Cubs. 43% of you still believe that the Brewers will be in first place. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. Brewers in some trade rumor conversation in multiple potentials. Brad Hand, a reliever in San Diego. Addison Reed, a reliever with the New York Mets. Sonny Gray, a starter for the Oakland A's. 
Justin Wilson, the closer for the Detroit Tigers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And Justin Verlander, a starter for the Detroit Tigers. All five have been linked in some way, shape, or form with the Brewers on the trade market. What would you do if you were the GM? 877-729-1070. Brett in Fort Atkinson called earlier. He said that, um, you know, he doesn't mind it if you're getting a guy who will also assist you and make you better next year and the year after that. Well, that's the point. You know, you're not in the rental game. The Brewers have vowed to not be in the rental game. There's really no way that they're going to do that. They're not going to go rent a pitcher for the final two uh, months and a week of the season. That's not going to happen. But they could go get somebody who will be with them all of this, the rest of this, and then all of next and the year after that. And if that makes you better, if it's a sunny gray, and it makes you better, I'm all in favor. The question as it as it gets posed is how much do you give up to do that? Who are you willing to part with? 877-729-1070 is the phone number if you want to weigh in on that. 877-729-1070. Because I think that's that's a fair question. Lewis Brinson, I would think, is protected. Brett Phillips might not be protected. So you just have to look at the Brewers' top prospects and say, what would be we be willing to part with as a franchise that would bring a starting pitcher back? So in that regard, I think it's a, it ends up being a very interesting conversation. Lewis Brinson, Corey Ray, Josh Hader's already with your big league club, and I think Hader and Brinson are off the table. Corey Ray, Luis Ortiz, Isan Diaz, Trent Clark, Lucas Ersig, Brandon Woodruff, all of those, of those, what are you willing to do here? Where it's where it sets up today, in order, the Brewers' top prospect is Brinson. Corey Ray is number two. Josh Hader, obviously Hader is with the big league club. He's number three. Luis Ortiz is four. Isan Diaz is five. Trent Clark is six. Lucas Ersig is seven. Brandon Woodruff is eight. Mauricio Dubon is ninth, and Brett Phillips, who's also with the Big League Club, is 10th on that list. Of those, if you had to give up two, and they're not Brinson and Hayter, what if they said it's Corey Ray and Brett Phillips, two outfielders? Would you give them up in order to get Sonny Gray? Those are the questions that are being wrestled with in the Brewers' front office. Um, I mean, that, that's what they're looking at. They're trying to figure out what they do. By the way, the Brewers lineup is in for tonight. And again, and this is part of the issue, isn't it? No Ryan Braun in the lineup, missing his third straight game. No Keon Broxton in the lineup as well as he continues to have the struggles. So the Brewers will go with VR at second base, Thames at first, and in left field is Hernan Perez. It is Brett Phillips getting the start in center field behind Matt Garza tonight for the Brewers and Philadelphia Phillies. 877-729-1070. We have Dane in Oshkosh give us a call. Hi, Dane. How are you? Hey, doing well, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's on your mind? 
Uh, hey, I think it's got to be Sonny Gray. I, I think when you factor in team control and, uh, and how relatively inexpensive he is, thinking more big term beyond this year, you either have a guy that can help you compete for a championship down the road, or if things kind of fall apart, this is a guy that has a lot of trade value. You could turn around and flip for more prospects. Yeah, uh, well, and that's part of the deal. Yeah, I, uh, and I don't think they would redeal Sonny Gray if they went out and got him. This just in from Adam McKelvey, who's uh, obviously with the Brewers in Philadelphia, that Eric Sogard is in Philadelphia. The Brewers have not announced a roster move where that's concerned. It would be interesting what they would do. Brett Phillips is already in the lineup for tonight's game. So what would they do? where Eric Sogard is is concerned if he is in Philadelphia right now. If the Brewers are going to make a roster move, could they, would they, is Ryan Braun's situation significant enough to DL him on the 10-day and make it retroactive to Tuesday of this week? Because, or rather, uh, yeah, to, to Tuesday, actually, effective Wednesday, because he didn't play Wednesday or Thursday, though I believe he may have pinch hit late in the game on Wednesday. So, We'll check in on that. We'll, we'll get you the latest on that detail when we come back. Drew Olson will join me. This is The Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. Back with you on a Friday afternoon, beginning the 3 o'clock hour of the program, and some news out of Philadelphia where the Brewers are getting ready to take on the Phillies and the Brewers' lineup is in for tonight. Brett Phillips is in the lineup in center field. Ryan Braun is not in the lineup in left. So, Keon Broxton also not in the lineup tonight. And Eric Sogard is in Philadelphia. Brewers have not announced a roster move, but... Interesting options here. One, could they be doing what they did last year with Keon Broxton and sending him out to get him right? Could they, too, be using Ryan Braun in his position uh, again, maybe going to a DL? Possibly. I'm just thinking out loud here. That could be retroactive to yesterday because I believe he pinch hit. Um, Actually, I believe he pinch hit yesterday, so the retroactive concept there kind of goes away. So that's less likely. But Keon Broxton, maybe. Brett Phillips is in a lineup tonight, so you're not going to, I wouldn't think, unless you would wait until tomorrow or after tonight's game to make that move. But it is uh, reported now that, that Eric Sogard is with the team in Philadelphia. No roster move is announced yet to this point. Brewers are scoreboard watching a little bit. Craig Council uh, always says, yeah, we're scoreboard watching. There's a big one out there. It's hard to not see it. You have to have your eyes closed to not scoreboard watch. So a little scoreboard watching. Cubs leading the Cardinals 3-2 at Wrigley on a Friday afternoon. I'm Mike Heller in studio welcoming in Drew Olson. Hello, Drew. Good afternoon, Mike. What are they doing, Drew? What's going on? 
I have no idea. Come on, man. The you Braun know everything. Thing, I mean, Sogard, I, you know, he'd be back this weekend. He was going to meet them, but I don't know what the move is going to be. The Braun thing is concerning, though. The, they're saying it's the wrist and not the calf. But if he can't answer the bell, these games are kind of important. They've lost a bunch of games. If he can't answer the bell and play tonight, maybe it will be a DL backdate 10-day situation. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing is, if I'm not mistaken, he pinch hit yesterday afternoon. So yes, there's no hurts. retro to that. No, no, that would that would hurt. So I, it sounds like they're trying to avoid that. I'm hmm. not sure. Uh, I, I'm 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 intrigued. Well, and then the other concept, and this is a little deeper, con, not conspiracy, but just kind of reading between the lines. Uh, is, is it possible that they have a deal that's pending, and in uh, a trade that would be sending one of their major leaguers or two of their major leaguers away? Ooh. That would make you think it's not Brett Phillips. <laughs> yeah, since he's in the lineup. Right? He's in the lineup. Yeah, well, so, this time of year, you got to watch that stuff. If you, you know, uh, we always were, were careful this time of year to not write the lineup in the scorecard because or if you're going to do it, don't do it in pen because guys can be pulled off the field or guys can be scratched. Um, so it's, it's a time of intrigue. I, I, I want to get to, uh, by the way, Jimmy Cuska is in today. Uh, Drew, say hi to Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, what's going on, Drew? What's going on, Mike? Did you guys see what just came out for uh, some reports on uh, Kyrie Irving requesting a trade? Yeah, I see that too. So, holy cow, what the heck is going on? What is going on, Drew? Well, they know I'm going on vacation uh, after today. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah, in okay. like two hours. And, well deserved. Uh, and they um, they just want to make as much news as they can in the knowing, last two hours. Okay, so correct me now if I'm wrong. Knowing you the way I know you and your your love of fishing and the... <laughs> <laughs> what? Fishing, outdoorsy stuff. Yeah, all the outdoorsy stuff. Fishing, uh, do-it-yourself projects, um, just walking the North Woods... Uh, checking your uh, your outdoor wildlife cameras to see what's on them. That's your week next week, right? Actually, yeah. I mean, I am going to a <laughs> I'm going to a lake cottage, which I wouldn't usually do, but that's it. I'm going with the family up to a uh, a, a lake cottage. Have you checked on the connectivity? Uh, there will be Wi-Fi, thankfully. <laughs> I don't think I could stay. I mean, my idea of roughing it, you know, is a hotel with only 90 cable channels. When, what's, so. in your memory, what's the last time and the longest maybe that you have been out of contact? Oh, man. Totally unplugged. Totally unplugged. Have you been totally unplugged I, for more than 24 hours at in one full, one full stretch in the last year? Probably not. More than... Probably not. 12 hours. Now, I think there was a time like about two years ago where I... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I, I did try to unplug and went like, I, I, I might have gone a day and a half without checking Twitter or Facebook. Really? Yeah. Two years ago, though. Yep. Yep. Two years ago. Would you? I mean, there would be no reason to do it other than to challenge yourself to see if you could do That's it. That's about what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, why? I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I know I mean, it makes just, me healthy. Possible. It makes me healthy, healthier if I were to do a, a, 
a diet reset for a week, you know, which is essentially unplugging from my basics, which in, in my basics, my vitals are breads and sugars. <laughs> so, exactly. so if I unplugged from breads and sugars, I know it would make me healthier. Foods that come with sides of fries, yes. I will eliminate from my diet. But if I unplugged, now that impacts my quality Ooh. of life. Yeah. Because it, it is, it, we've gone to that point in our society. And I know I have friends who are outdoorsy. And I'm not making fun of the outdoorsy because I think I, it's great. I Part of me kind of wishes I was. I'm not. And I'm not going to change my stripes now. But part of me is uh, I understand that lifestyle. Um, and th- those people live for unplugging, can't wait to unplug, have no issue going seven consecutive days without seeing a phone or having an email or seeing Twitter. Most of them don't have Twitter. So they can go seven days and they live for that. Not can they survive it. They anticipate it, love it, can't wait to get it. I can't imagine that. <laughs> Again, imagine being that unplugged for seven days. When we were in California last month, uh, or maybe I guess it was earlier this month, uh, there would be a day, you know, a full day where, you know, I check my phone before we left the house in the morning. And then, you know, check it when we got back home late that night because we rented a house. So I would be unplugged all day. That's about as long as I've gone that, in, that I can remember. So, I don't know. Just yeah, especially of, with trade talks and, you know, I, can't I, what do am that. I going to do at night besides watch the Brewers? Can't I mean, come do on. that. All right, let's, uh, let's do this thing. Go ahead and push those buttons, Jimmy. This is the Big Three at Three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. So I already stole some of it. We'll get to some Brewers conversation in a minute. Uh, the, the whole Hugh Freeze deal at Ole Miss and, you know, the, the stuff that has happened at Louisville with Patino's uh, former assistant and what we saw years ago in, in all of the uh, particular departures, whether you want to talk about um, the, the story at, um, with Mike Price at Alabama or Bobby Petrino at Arkansas. Hugh, when you, or, uh, when, when you see the Hugh Freeze story, Drew, what does it make you think? It makes me think uh, back to a, a TV show from my childhood, The Dukes of Hazard County. Like, who's running this? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Corruption and intrigue and, uh, you know, it's just there's there's so many layers to it and so much that we don't know that, that I don't even know where to start to unpack this. It's it's this is what you think of when when you when you live where we live and you think of the SEC. This is kind of what you think of. Yeah, I and I also think of politics. Um, you know, Anthony Weiner and I mean, there's a long list. I think of politics. I think of big business. I think of um, the the music industry. I think power and money corrupts, and people with power and money sometimes believe that they can do things that, and they feel like they won't get caught, especially where, you know, for many, unfortunately, sadly, it, it has to do with with their private lives, their, their sex lives, and it ends up making the news because of who they are, but I do think that power, you know, it's that line that power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. I think that applies across all venues, whether you're talking about politics or big business or the music industry or Hollywood and certainly with athletics. And we end up being and talking about the athletic side of it. Makes you think there's something else there. There's penalties coming down. There's new. There's more to it 
than just a misdial of a phone number or a or, sex scandal or, 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 or arranging misdials. for sex. Arranging for sex with your company-issued phone, oh boy. which is state-issued because you're the biggest, your highest-paid employee in the state. The whole thing, Hugh Freeze and then the former coach Houston Nutt who blew the whistle with his attorney Thomas Mars. These names, it's like an Austin Powers episode or something like Hugh Freeze and Houston Nutt, <laughs> Thomas Mars. Are, are, are we making this up? Well, and if they would apologize, right? I mean, that's what Houston Nutt wanted is that they uh, discredited his name. And uh, he said, listen, that wasn't on me, so you guys need to apologize. And when they didn't apologize, they filed a lawsuit and then phone records came out. So, I don't know, maybe karma's at play here. Somebody, if you're in the wrong and somebody says, just apologize, then maybe you should just apologize. Guess what they would have saved by apologizing? Sage advice. (laughs) If you're in the wrong, somebody says, hey, all I really want is an apology, give the damn apology. Number two. Uh, number two in our big three at three. Uh, the, the news coming in as we roll through the afternoon about Kyrie Irving uh, potentially requesting a trade from Cleveland. Is this really the, the beginning? Is this the, uh, the big block being pulled up from Jenga and the whole house falls down? Uh, if there is, there is disgruntledness going on in Cleveland uh, we've already had the rumors of LeBron leaving after next year. If Kyrie's asking for a trade now, does that give you the indication that it's all going to fall apart again in Cleveland? Sure seems that way. Um, there have been rumblings that he was unhappy for a while, um, but now, holy cow, um, blindsiding LeBron, right, and disappointing LeBron. And uh, I was not that excited about the Bucks' interest in Derrick Rose, but I'd like to see Kyrie Irving play with Giannis. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd sign up for that. Straight up for John Henson. What do you think? Cleveland go for that? Oh, Kyrie for Brogdon <laughs> Thon and John Henson. I'd oh, take it. man. And it, whatever draft pick they want. I, I, I would take that. Because I thought as recently as yesterday, I was thinking about this in the Derrick Rose conversations. I thought, well, shoot, the Derrick Rose to Cleveland might be uh, might be one of those moves that I would like. If I were a Cleveland fan, I would like that more than Carmelo to Cleveland. Yes. Uh, so, you know, oh, I was no. thinking yesterday, wow, shoot, you add Derrick Rose to Cleveland, and if he's healthy, suddenly Cleveland, uh, you know, I think they could play with anybody. I think they could they could play with Golden State to a certain extent because Derrick Rose is that third guy on the court that you absolutely have to take, uh, you have to account for without question. And now, uh, a day later, it appears that that won't happen, and it appears obvious that Kyrie wants out. And if Kyrie is out, then LeBron is out. LeBron's not going to stay. I don't think he's going to stay anyway after next year, but maybe, I don't know which one's the first, the chicken uh, or the egg here, but it appears that it's about ready to crumble in Cleveland. LeBron's headed for L.A., don't you think? I think so. Got a place there. He's He, he wants to get into movies and stuff. Come on, he's headed for L.A. Yeah, good idea. Number one. Brewers deal. The conversation, uh, whether they are in conversation uh, for a trade concept, um, Nothing has really changed since we last talked about this yesterday afternoon, Drew, but I know at MLBTradeRumors.com, the conversation from Bob Nightingale reports the Brewers have been aggressive in the pursuit of Tigers closer Justin Wilson. They're rumored in conversation with Justin Verlander. The Tigers have, uh, it's reported that they're willing with whoever they deal with to pick up the remainder of this year's salary for Verlander, which is $10.9 million. That takes some of the money out of play. Interest in Addison Reed, interest in Sonny Gray. What do you think ultimately 
is going to be the Brewers' end all in this 11 days, make that 10 days from now. Will they have made a deal? I think they will have. And my theory on that is, you know, you got to strike while you can in something like this. And I, I keep coming back to the Sonny Gray thing with, uh, you know, Derek Johnson's relationship with him and just that it makes sense and he could be your opening day starter for a couple of years. And as I look at it, you can say, well, you don't want to mortgage the future and stuff, but what chance do you get? The pitchers like Sonny Gray don't come around all the time. And if you can get a young, controllable starter like that, I think you have to do it because I don't think the Cubs aren't exactly going to stand pat. They're asking about Verlander. They're asking about you, Darvish. They, they know that a couple of their guys are, are kind of on the back end and arbitration eligible slash, you know, could be gone. So they're going to retool. And I think the Cubs, the idea of like, we got to catch the Cubs. The Cubs are still moving forward. You got to keep pace with the Cubs. And one way to do that is to get a pitcher like Sonny Gray. And in order to do that, you got to pay the cost. And as painful as that may be, I still think you got to do it. John Heyman tweeted out earlier, a little funny on this, three reasons the Brewers are not a team for Verlander. Verlander makes $28 million. Number two, hard to see uh, Kate Upton favoring cheese curds and brats. And number three, the $28 million. So he went to the $28 million twice in that deal. Earlier, there was a, a, a longer piece put together on Facebook by uh, Jason Stark, I believe, um, on the Brewers and why they should be making a deal. And his point is kind of your point, Drew, is that even teams that are on the build, nothing is promised. You know, the Brewers are in a position right now where they lead with 60 plus games to play in the season. They lead the division. That's not promised that it'll be that way next year. The Cubs have allowed teams in the division to have an opportunity when most people didn't think anybody else would have an opportunity this year. The division would belong to the Cubs. Their mediocre play through you know 60% of the season, open the door. So the Brewers have an open door policy here right now. There's no promise that they will next year or the year after. So Stark's idea is, why wouldn't you go ahead and, and give this a shot, especially not for a rental, but for a guy that you have under club control for a couple of years? That's I, I, that's the way I'm thinking. Is yeah. And you can make this deal, okay, you can go get a pitcher of some import in the winter too, but... I don't know. It just seems to me like at in some in some point teams enter off seasons and spring training with optimism that they're going to be better than they are. And now there's like the cold reality, and like the A's are at that point now. Maybe if if they don't if there's so much juice with Sonny Gray, I think he'll be traded somehow, some way. But you know the idea that you're going to pry a, a Sonny Gray away. Everybody in baseball wants young, controllable starting pitching. To pry one away in the winter, I think would be even harder than it would be now. Yeah, let me let me correct. Ken Rosenthal, not Jason Stark. Ken Rosenthal okay. with that long form piece uh, earlier today on the Brewers, and he 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 finished by saying this: the Brewers still lead the NL Central, if only by a game. For all engine company can argue that Gray is flawed, Sonny Gray. They can back off in trade discussions, fearing further regression of their own team, or they can decide quite rationally that their best play is to add a reliever or two at a modest acquisition cost and live to fight another day. But at some point, the priorities must shift from selling to buying, from rebuilding to winning. What do you think of his closing lines? I don't disagree. I mean, it's it, you have to. Yeah, there's a cost associated with and trade prospects is tough. But what are you holding them for? What are you building towards? And it's the it's the push pull. It's it's a tough decision, no doubt. And if Sonny Gray were to get hurt or or underperform, it's gonna it, it potentially could look bad. 
But I, I just think it's a, a roll of the dice you have to take because, like I said, the Cubs aren't standing pat, and you don't know. The, the idea that the Brewers are they are a little ahead of schedule right now, you expected them to be better in 18 and 19. Well, Sonny Gray makes you better in 18 and 19, at least in theory, and so that's why I think it's, it's a solid move to look at. Uh, I posted a Twitter poll question, Drew, and I changed – all I did was change the date from Wednesday, Wednesday's Twitter poll question. I want to get your response to it. Where will the Brewers be in the NL Central standings on Monday, three days from now? A game between the Cubs and Cardinals is going on right now at Wrigley. Seventh inning, Cardinals have a runner aboard, down one. Brewers in Philadelphia for three. Will they be in first place or in second place to the Cubs come Monday? Don't answer yet. We'll get Drew's answer to that. We'll get your phone calls, 877-729-1070, 877-729-1070, and there is intrigue in Philadelphia. There is a Brewers player in Philly who's not currently on their Major League roster. Is there a move pending? You would think there is. What might it be? We talk about it next on The Mike Heller Show. A couple of notes of interest. You know how much I hate the Cardinals. Have I ever said that on the program, Drew Olson? Have you recalled, uh, were you familiar with my... I'm well aware that your hatred for the Cardinals cannot be checked. It, it has to be checked because it can't be stuffed overhead into the bin. It has to be checked back. Correct. It does. You and hate them. I do, but I, which is a contradiction then today, tomorrow, and Sunday because I'll be rooting for them as I'm rooting for them now. But, you know, here's, here's the deal. When you know that you really dislike a team... It seems to me that every time when the Brewers are playing the Cardinals, every time I look up, Matt Carpenter's at bat, right? <laughs> okay. And so now I'm watching him today against the Cubs, and he's never at bat. You know, every time there's a critical situation, you know, I'm just thinking, if it's against the Brewers, Matt Carpenter bats about every second or third hitter in the lineup. And against everybody else, it seems, especially when I'm rooting for them, I'm thinking, is he even on the Major League roster anymore? Because I never see him at the plate. That's how I kind of know that I really don't like that team. Because even when I'm rooting for them, I mean, he's in the on-deck circle right now. But there's two outs and a runner on third base. This is when he's always at bat against the Brewers. And against somebody else, when I want him to win, he will be stranded in the on-deck circle. Which is just, you know, isn't that the way it works all the time? One of those quirks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Ryan Braun, again, not in the lineup tonight. Keon Broxton, not in the lineup tonight. Eric Sogard is in Philadelphia, but he's not on the Major League roster right now. He was on that rehab assignment, but he's not. There's no announced move yet. Pedro Strope got out of the inning for the Cubs. And by the way, I hate his hat. <laughs> right? A little sidecock thing that he did, he's yeah. got going on. Hate it. Hate it. And I Very don't know funny. if I'd even, I'm, I probably would like it if he was in the Brewers' bullpen. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't even think I'd like it if he were in a Brewers' uniform. Just anyway, I got sidetracked. Um, what do you, th- is there something, I mean, there are a bunch of guesses, right? If you're going, if Sogard is there, he doesn't have to be activated for tonight. Maybe you just wanted no. to get him there. Uh, Brett Phillips is already in the lineup in center field. Keon Broxton is not in the lineup. Braun is not in the lineup. Hernan Perez is uh, is in left for tonight. Sogard has, uh, when he was there, obviously doing a great job. He's in Philadelphia, so he's going to be activated, but it could be later tonight after the game is done. Guesses. There are options. One of them is Keon Broxton 
going to try and get it right at Colorado Springs like they did with him last year. That would probably be uh, near the top of my list of yeah. guesses. Yeah. And obviously right. the, he needs a reset. The others are the, the potential of a trade. I know you just talked with Tom Hardicourt, and uh, Tom seems a little dubious about the idea that the Brewers are going to be making a significant move. You know, I, I don't know about the making big move thing. I, I know they're looking. I just wonder if they want to pay the price of, of a big move. You know what? I, and and I, I don't think the team helped by getting swept in Pittsburgh. Like, you know, if you're thinking about trading a bunch of prospects for one guy and you watch that series, do you tell yourself one guy's going to make a big enough difference? So... His logic is not flawed. Oh, well, Bud Selig weighed in. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, again, <laughs> uh, you're trying to make – I take this year out of the equation. I'm looking at the bigger picture of 18 and 19. And getting somebody who can impact me then makes sense. So, and in that, in that, as Ken Rosenthal writes, um, a deal for a guy like Sonny Gray – helps on both of those fronts. And and he also points out, Ken Rosenthal does, there's no guarantee that you're going to be in a position to be in a race next year. The Cubs might return to form and play that way for a full season, and it would be hard to compete. Maybe you're con- then competing for a wild card. It's true. But that's what he's saying. And, that's what we're Rosenthal, Pittsburgh's Rosenthal's now saying. back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis, your, your beloved Cardinals, they're in a state of disarray. They're in a state – the, the drums are beating and people are wondering if Mike Matheny's the guy and if the, they're questioning everything in St. Louis. Yeah, which is, which is silly. Um, you know, from a roster construction standpoint, I think the Cardinals have some issues because I don't think they have enough offense. They, they miss Matt Holliday. They, they miss bats. They thought they would get one of Dexter Fowler, and he hasn't played like that. They just don't have – uh, run scoring in their lineup, they seemingly always pitch well. They have pitched well forever and ever. But I, I don't know about their offensive construction of that lineup. I don't think there's a whole lot there. Yadier Molina is a, a kind of a shell of his former self as far as being a threat and a weapon at the plate. Um, but that's enough Cardinals talk. Uh, so I, I just look at this and I'm, I'm wondering, and I don't know, Drew, if in your experience, if slumping like the Brewers have this week, not getting it done, if that entices a GM to make a deal, or if they were continuing to win at a high level, if that's more enticing for the front office to make a deal. And I suppose it's different from office to office to office. Yeah, it's uh, you can take that either way. I mean, oh, we need to make a deal because we're starting to cough a little bit and we're wheezing here and we're still in first place. We've got to hang on to it. Or, ah, we're not really in this and we're not that good and just the... Uh, regression to the mean is happening, and this is where you know we'll, we'll end up where we thought we were going to be. And if a uh, best case, we could win 83, 84 games. It's not enough to win the division anyway. So why give up a prospect? Yeah, you can you can spin that either way, and that's what makes this such a tough decision. And that's where that's where we sit. And from a Brewers fan perspective, I, I continue just to remind those who are on the ledge that the standings um, they haven't they they still have Milwaukee at the top. Now, the number to three lines over to the right is much smaller than it was five days ago. But the Brewers still top the division in the National League Central, and they will be in first place. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When they take the field tonight. Now, they might not be tomorrow morning. <laughs> they might not be when play ends tonight. They might be tied with the Cubs, and they would be percentage points behind them, actually, if they did the Cubs win and the Brewers lost. But the reminder is that the Brewers topped the division. It's July the 21st, and that's not a, a anything we thought we'd be saying at this point of the season that the Brewers would be leading the National League Central. And by the way, when they finish play tonight, they will have 63 games remaining on the schedule. So we're almost we're two games away. By the time they finish tomorrow, we're 100 games into the season. That's a pretty lofty spot for the Brewers to be talking about where they are in the standings, regardless of the five-game slump. They're 52 and 46, and nobody thought it. Nobody Absolutely, yeah. That that lends its uh, a house money element to this. Yeah, which is those are good things. House money is usually good, and uh, you always wonder then how the front office considers house money when they decide to roll that house money out there. Let's let it ride. Let's make a deal, or let's just ride the house money. Just be conservative. Put that money in your pocket and see if we can't get wins with the roster that we have. That's the dilemma. That's what they face. Uh, you know, so they begin the series in Philadelphia tonight. Get that underway. We uh, continue our conversation. Phone lines are open for you. Oh, we have one, don't we? And I've been making whoever this is hold for too long. So let's – who's on the phones, Jimmy? We have Kevin and Marshfield. Kevin, Kevin, thanks for your – oh, I knew it. Oh, he waited too long. That was on me. That was Kevin. In He, he called during the last commercial break. I made him wait. Ah, oh, Kevin. Kevin, it's my – my bad there. So call back. Kevin and Marshfield, was it? Yes. Yeah, Kevin and Marshfield. Uh, we owe you something. So I don't know what it is. Jimmy will find something to get you. Usually it's just our, our gratitude for calling back. Give us a call back. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. Not only is Kyrie Irving of the Cleveland Cavaliers asking for a trade, he might be asking for a specific trade. I'll tell you to who when we come back on The Mike Heller Show. All of this conversation about the Milwaukee Brewers making a potential trade before the deadline some 10 days away. There's another trade being talked about. Kyrie Irving and his representatives meeting with the Cleveland Cavaliers and Drew, Kyrie Irving gave Cleveland four preferred landing spots. Two of those NBA cities begin with the letters M-I. How about that? With totally different climates. <laughs> one Miami, one Minnesota. Minnesota. And neither one is Milwaukee. So two potential landing spots, Miami and Minnesota. The Timberwolves have collected a uh, a real a, a real talented young roster, and uh, and so they might be a landing spot. Also, 
the San Antonio Spurs. So ultimately, if Kyrie Irving goes somewhere other than Cleveland and he goes to the Western Conference, uh, I don't much care. But let me spin this to Milwaukee. The Brewers uh, are in trade conversations. Should the Bucks have been free agent players in this offseason, and have they missed an opportunity to further embolden the franchise fan base by doing something in this offseason? Have they missed the opportunity? I don't know where they had a lot of flexibility to get free agents. They're pretty much they're pretty strapped unless they were to make a move to get rid of Henson or Monroe or somebody's contract. Right. Well, but I mean, they, you can you can do that. That's allowed, right? I mean, you yeah, can do the, I mean, you can easier do the said sign than done, trade it's a or the yeah, yeah, right. There are ways to make those things happen, and I wonder. We talked about it earlier, obviously, when the, the when the NBA was going free agent crazy uh, when it first opened, um, it, which was great theater in the league outside of uh, of certain cities. One of those was Milwaukee. They weren't active. It could be worse, I guess. Utah lost half of their roster and certainly their young talent. Uh, but Milwaukee didn't do anything, and I wondered now, just a month removed from that, if even the the trade conversations, guys like Kyrie Irving, guys like Kevin Love, uh, you know, certainly the the conversation that's been had of late, uh, where the NBA and and trade conversation is concerned, is Derrick Rose. None of those really mentioned Milwaukee. So I just. You have a, a more centric view of the fan base and of the Bucks, and I thought I'd just ask, have they missed that opportunity, and would you be more emboldened as a fan if they were active in this offseason? Don't know if the window is closed yet. Got to remember, John Horst is new on the job. That's right. a factor yeah. as well. So with John Hammond leaving, but yeah, I, I don't. I didn't expect this to be a, a really particularly busy offseason for the Bucks because I just didn't see a lot of flexibility and when you see other teams, there's that envy, like, oh, other teams are doing Boston's doing things, and and then the Kyrie news now. The Derrick Rose thing was interesting because um, opinions around the state, I think, were so split. Most people were, a lot of people were, absolutely not. What are you even thinking of? Why would you think about bringing him in? And other people were like, yeah, I can see it if he's cheap enough and it works, and if you can move somebody else's contract. So that was an interesting reaction, but obviously Kyrie is more of an elite player at the peak of his powers. Uh, for the, the idea of like, ooh, the Bucks could get him. That'd be amazing. T- team him with Giannis for three years. That'd be amazing to see what they could do. Yeah, and so the the possibilities are still out there for certain things. We'll see what happens. I just saw this, and I wondered in your time covering if you've seen this much. Matt Carpenter uh, doubled for the Cardinals to lead off the eighth inning for St. Louis. They now have runners at first and second, and nobody out trailing by run in Chicago. We're paying close attention in the division, but. Yeah, on this the is pitch this is the uh, the Cardinals like put up or shut up weekend because yeah. the, the Cubs can put them out of their misery right well, right here. I believe two pitches before Carpenter's double into the corner, um, he hit a bullet into his own dugout that apparently hit Jose Martinez, and he had to leave the dugout, taking up the tunnel and into the clubhouse. How often did you see somebody take one in the dugout? Not often, but it's a dangerous place, no, no doubt. Um, you know, heck, I, well, remember, was it Segura that walked into Braun's bat? That yeah, yeah. Usually, happens? you don't get hit by. I mean, you, the being hit by a bat in the dugout is a rarity. Well, <laughs> that's yeah, the only one I can recall. There was a kid. Uh, the the Brewers had a promising shortstop prospect named Wes Weger, 
who was sitting in the dugout at spring training, and someone swung a bat and let go of the bat, and it helicoptered into the dugout, hit him, broke his leg. Oh, man. And that peered the way. That, that guy, he was a promising prospect, and then Mark Loretta passed him on the depth chart, and ah. we know who Mark Loretta is, and we don't know who Wes Weger is. Yeah. Uh, because of that injury. So, yeah, it's not very often. Sometimes you see guys joke around and stuff, the balls come screaming in. It's, uh, it, it can happen, but it is kind of rare. So the notes continue to come out from Philadelphia. Uh, Eric Sogard is there. Will be. It appears Todd Rosiak reporting appears he'll be reinstated from the DL tomorrow. Also, Willie Peralta is in Philadelphia. What's going he, on? Apparently, he had been throwing pretty well. Yeah. Well, and and so moves pending uh, with the Brewers on this road trip in Philadelphia. I don't know if I've seen a team that's made more moves in a season and been good than the Brewers have made this year. Do you recall? I mean, holy no, cow. It, it no, is, it is rare because um, usually teams that are in first place at this time of the year have continuity and health, and they're not jumbling things around like the Brewers have for sure. Yeah, so um, interesting stuff going on with the Brewers on the road in Philadelphia. It will be a busy night, we assume, both on and off the field after the game because you would think – that roster moves, if they're going to happen, and they haven't happened yet, and aren't going to happen before the game, they would happen after or first thing uh, at some point tomorrow morning. So we'll see what the Brewers are going to do there. Uh, the update from Chicago is the Cardinals have loaded the bases with nobody out in the eighth inning in a game that the Cubs lead 3-2. to two. So, again, interesting. And, you know, we continue to talk trade deadline possibilities. The Cubs have been rumored. Uh, obviously, they, they did the deal for Jose Quintana. They've been rumored in conversations with Justin Verlander in Detroit, rumored in conversations with Hugh Darvish in Texas. You know, the Cubs are in a different buying position as a reminder to those who don't understand this stuff. Drew, maybe you can help explain. Cubs are in a far different buyer's position than the Brewers would be. Sure, the Cubs' future is now. <laughs> yeah, they're living in it. They're, yeah. they're living in it. This is the, the Cubs are win now, and the Cubs are trying to, let's win another World Series, let's get greedy, let's win three World Series in four years, let's, you know, their, their window is right now. So they can give up prospects because, and the other side of that is the, the Cubs have enough money, that little ballpark village they've built outside of Wrigley, they have right. enough money coming in, and the Ricketts family, they have enough money that if they need to go get, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A free agent, they can go get a top free agent now. They can go. They can afford that. So they have the best of both worlds right now. They have a, a farm system that's given them some kind of young, controllable talent that everybody likes, and they have money to go get other talent. So they're in a pretty good situation. 877-729-1070. Before we get to, uh, by the way, in about 30 minutes, we visit with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, PackersNews.com. Camp is underway six days from now in Green Bay. Let's go back to the phones. Tim is calling from Wausau. Hi, Tim in Wausau. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you today? Very good. What's on your mind? Well, 
my mind, first of all, I have a lot of respect for our general manager. I think he's done a great job, except for his last trade. Um, I don't understand trading a guy that's starting for the New York Yankees at first base for what we got back. Um, any thought on that? Well, I think, uh, and I think Drew would back me up on this, the Brewers felt like uh, where first base is concerned that they're blocked. We've got Jesus Aguilar and Eric Thames. Uh, Thames is on a three-year deal, so what are you going to do with your first base spot? And I also think that in in the Ty Webb, they feel like uh, they've got a left-hander that has promise. Obviously, they sent him out fairly quickly, but they believe that he adds to their left-handed depth in the bullpen and is somebody that they trust will produce for them, maybe not in the moment, but possibly yet this year, and rolling forward. I didn't hear, and this speaks to people not wanting to give up prospects. When people went through the list of uh, assets in the Brewers farm system, I virtually never heard Garrett Cooper's name. Yeah, Garrett Cooper not on the list. He's not one of their top uh, – I was just looking at their top 20 – prospects and he wasn't on that list i don't believe he, when he's he was about dead. to turn 27 which is usually you know so he's the definition of a late bloomer and sure the yankees are using him out of need and they didn't give up a lot for him but what, what's his value going to be and what's how long yeah. you, know, you think he's going to start for them for five years yeah. i'd be stunned well we'll see where it goes uh oh, did we lose him i don't know i thought he had another question did you hang up on him jimmy or did he I hang up? Jimmy. Oh. Jimmy. He was. It was his, just. He had two points. That was point one. Oh, Tim and Wausau. We we were we're apologizing. I mean, yeah. He's 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 doing. He's contributing to the Yankees right now, and so the the Yankees won the trade after a week, I guess. Like, yeah, sort of. Right. Uh, return, it's a little early to yeah. to make judgments. So we'll we'll see. There's two Brewers in Philadelphia who aren't on the active roster awaiting activation, which likely won't happen today in Willie Peralta and Eric Sogard. So that'll be interesting to follow tonight after the game. Um, Tom Hardicourt joined you earlier. He's not with the team in Philadelphia. Todd Rosiak is. So we'll continue to watch to see what they do in regards to activation and that roster. More interesting, I think, on the forefront is to watch what they do on the field. Matt Garza is on the mound, and you know you've watched them play this entire week. This five-game uh, losing streak, which is their second five-gamer of the year, that matches the high water mark or low water mark, if if that's what you want to call it. You have, you know, we talked about this yesterday. Have you? What have you seen? Obviously, they haven't been able to hit with runners in scoring position. Is it that simple? Uh, there's not, not a lot of home runs. They score. This team scores on the home run a lot. And that's uh, you know that's been their their mo. They haven't scored a lot of runs without home runs, and so that you know the, it's the double whammy there. And the runners in scoring position thing is true. The, the the pitching hasn't been horrible, but it's just the the malaise of the offense. And I go back to the Braun missing some key games. The the whole key swing. I talked to Tom Hardicourt about this. To me, like think of how much different our outlook would be and everybody's panic level would be had they nailed down that game that Corey Knebel coughed up. On Sunday. Well, yeah, either one. Sunday when they give up the Grand Slam to Philadelphia and on Wednesday uh, night when they give up the ninth inning lead. They give up the ninth inning lead 2-1 to and they lose that game in extra innings and you say, oh, man, if they had just won that game, it's not as bad a losing streak. you got a victory mixed in there. you got a a game in hand on the Cubs. Um, I I keep going back to that one as being big. 
No doubt, yeah, and and all of those those moments always are. We've talked about this throughout the, you know, the last year or so in in doing this and talking about uh, ninth inning blown saves are. I know it's one loss; it, it actually counts as one, but I think its impact is always a little bit more than that. By the way, there is, depending on your perspective, there is news, maybe good news. On the update from Wrigley Field in Chicago, and the news just got significantly better, depending on your perspective. <laughs> I'll explain in the third hour of the program, which begins in a couple of minutes. Pete Doherty will also join us on the program at about 4.15. Packers camp underway six days from now. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get high. Hey, welcome aboard into the 4 o'clock hour we go on a quitting time Friday edition of the Mike Heller Show. So I don't know if this is doable, but I'm seeing a note here that uh, Theo Epstein of the Cubs has uh, wanting to make a trade announcement retroactive to the top of the eighth inning for a relief pitcher. Can you do that, Drew? Can you make a trade and have it retroactive to the, to the top of the inning? If you could, just think of all the pain <laughs> that could be averted. <laughs> oh man, I am. Uh, I've seldom been um, happy about the Cardinals having success, but they're you uh, are now. I am right now in the eighth inning. Uh, they've had an inning in which they still have nobody out, and they've scored four times, and the bases are loaded against the Chicago Cubs, who uh, their bullpen at the back end of this including Rondon, not able to find the strike zone for a while. And then when they were, they gave up a couple of doubles, including one with the bases loaded. So there's good news a little bit. The Cardinals, who trailed 3-2 to two going to the eighth inning, now lead. Oh, they're going to lead by a lot more in a moment. <laughs> they lead 6-3. But they just hit one off the wall with the bases loaded. So the Cardinals—they're yeah, doubling have, their pleasure here. Oh my goodness! They have—they uh, have sent the. It'll only count for one loss for the Cubs, but they have ruined the Cubs in the eighth inning on a Friday afternoon at Wrigley. So there's good news. Um, by the way, Adam McCalvey tweets out: Ryan Braun says his right wrist has bothered him all season. Had a cortisone shot before the break. Thinks he'll be back in the lineup Saturday. So with both Eric Sogard and Willie Peralta in Philadelphia, but without roster moves announcing them, uh, so they likely won't be active for the game tonight, the potential of a roster move that would include uh, anything with Ryan Braun, that seems to be out of the question. I thought there was the possibility that Braun could go on the 10-day DL, but that doesn't appear to be likely if he says he, he thinks he'll be back in the lineup on Saturday. So we'll continue to wait to see what they do with Eric Sogard there. Willie Peralta is also in Philadelphia, so roster moves likely announced, but that wouldn't happen, uh, it would appear, I don't think, wouldn't have uh, wouldn't happen until late tonight after the Brewers and Phillies play in Philadelphia. Mike Heller in studio. I welcome in Drew Olson. Hi, Drew. 
Good to be here, Mike. It's good to have you here, and this is it for you. Yeah, you baby. are going to be on a, a on a vacation it's week, a getaway day. Yeah, you'll be writing, <laughs> won't you? I'm off next week. When you're away, you you're going to write, aren't you? I actually am. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm working on some things. Got some freelance stuff going, and I'll be I'll be working during the break, just not on the radio. That's what writers do. Writers take vacation, and then when they're on vacation, they actually take vacation so they can write. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy uh, Cusca is in. John Audi is suspended for uh, conduct detrimental to the show, suspended for today's program. Jimmy is here. Jimmy, when you're on vacation, you never work. Is that correct? <laughs> well, you know, if you recall, when I was gone on vacation this month, our sites didn't work the entire week. So, yeah, you're right. I don't do anything. Well, the website. So yes. that's part of your responsibility. So that's why you're not allowed to take any more vacation. Right. Yeah. Because Ever when again. Were, yeah. Ever. Well, that's good. I mean, it's good to be indispensable. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go ahead and push buttons and start the stuff. This is the Big Four at four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. Uh, is it okay to switch allegiances during the middle of a pennant race where I have never, ever rooted for the Cardinals before? And today I am. Drew, is that okay with you? You can absolutely do that. Yeah. Yes. Because when it serves your interests, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I find myself, um, it's not giddy, but I find myself a bit happy. I mean, the Cubs are having, what are the, they're having, from a pitching perspective, about the worst inning you can imagine. I think they've got five walks in the. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, Inning, four or five walks in the inning. Yeah, one with the bases loaded. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're a bit of a struggle. This will, and again, this what I really want to get to is this takes you back to your, your feeling about the Brewers' tough week wouldn't feel nearly as bad if during the week the Cubs had also gone 3-3 three and three since the All-Star break rather than 6-0. and oh. So some of what you feel in the angst for the Brewers' five-game losing streak corresponds to what they've done on the north side of Chicago, which uh, will be hit, they'll hit the pause button there at least for today. Let's go. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Number three. So the answer to that question was indeed. Well, it wasn't really a question. So yeah. what do you do? Uh, as we move forward, I ask this question, and today kind of helps to send us in the right direction. On Wednesday, I asked the poll question, Drew, about on August the 1st, after the Brewers finished this road trip and then finished a three-game set against the Cubs at Miller Park next weekend. When that was done, where would the Brewers be in the standings? That would co- coincide with being August 1st and after the trade deadline. Only 32% said still in first place. 51% thought second place. 17% thought third place or worse in the National League Central. I changed the question today, given what the lead was, one game entering play today, where would the Brewers be in the standings on Monday? First place or second place to the Cubs? Now, obvious, this game and the result of it will change a little bit of that opinion, but... 60% 60% said second place to the Cubs. 40% say first place. About 200 votes in on that. Doesn't surprise you. People are and fans are 
subject to momentum, just as sometimes they are on the court and on the field. Yeah, um, when you've had a team win six in a row and you've had a team lose five in a row, what do the odds tell you? You know, yeah. you're playing the odds. You say, well, there's going to be a market streaks will come to an end, <laughs> yes. uh, you would think. And looks like the, the Cardinals are helping in that regard right now. They're up uh, by a touchdown. Yeah, they've, nine to three. Yeah, they've scored seven runs without an out in the eighth inning. And, uh, you know, the Brewers can win. So I would say, you know, knowing what I know, my, my guess would be the Brewers will be in first place or at worst tied. Can they even be tied now? Yeah, they can be tied. Yeah. Yeah, they could be. So, yeah, we'll see how that kind of plays out. But the, you want to vote on the poll question at Heller Sports, at Mike Heller Show, at the Big 1070, at the Big 920, at the Score WI. Uh, right now it is uh, favoring the Cubs. But, again, the result of this will change it. And it's ridiculous sometimes how things work, isn't it? That now the Cardinals have scored nine runs and still and have not recorded an out in the eighth inning. That's a play to whoop ass. And, and the funny thing is, and this is how baseball can turn on a dime. Last night, the Cardinals lost in New York in heinous fashion. Yeah, when Trevor Rosenthal didn't cover first base mm-hmm. on a ground ball, like that is as as low a point as you can be, like the low point of their season, and now they're whooping up on the Cubs, and you know, kind of like the Pirates did against the Brewers. The Cubs, the Cardinals are trying to show, hey, we're not dead yet, we're not done yet. Their 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 metal was being questioned, their intensity was being questioned. There was talk of, you know, who do they sell? Should Mike Matheny be fired? And then in a span of, you know, less than 24 hours now, it's like, whoa, look at this. You know, hey, good vibrations. The yeah. Good times are rolling. And in one inning. I mean, they had six base runners in the first seven innings. They've had 11 base runners in the eighth without recording an out. I believe there have been five walks in the inning by Cubs pitching. So... What's to, and there's no way to account for that. I mean, how does nobody? It's the great thing about baseball, uh, great and terrible at the same time. You never know. I mean, it was three two going to the eighth inning at Wrigley, and without an out in the eighth inning, it's now eleven three St. Louis. Holy cow! <laughs> Number two. Uh, let's move on and talk about. Uh, we'll visit with uh, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette. He'll join us as our Green and Gold Insider in about ten minutes on the program. The Packers will get camp underway six days from now in Green Bay. When they do get camp underway, Drew, the you know we don't learn anything. I always think you don't learn really learn anything until they play the first game of the season, not the exhibition season, but the first game of the season, which will be against the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. But if your heading to training camp, what's the first thing you want to see? What are you looking for? Where? What would catch your attention? Ooh, the first thing I want to see. I mean, everybody, everybody's showing up and healthy, right? I mean, everybody is everybody available to practice? That's the first thing always is health, right, for me? Yeah. That's it. I mean, make sure that nobody's... Yeah, on the pup list and everything. Who's who's not going to be able to play? Who's who's going to be hampered? It'd be nice to have that. That's that's the first thing I always look like. I would I always look at. Not a uh, a position group that you're paying attention to. More so, it's a health just issue? A, a general health thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because it seems like the last few years, every every time they've started with somebody, you know, watching, hampered. Right. You know, somebody shelved. Um, but it, well, in terms of position group, I'm I'm obviously looking for uh, looking at D line and linebacker. Yeah, 
Well, and that's and that's the thing. And and from that again, trying to judge what they're doing based on training camp is uh, it's just hard. It, it's the same thing as as we cover with the Brewers at spring training. Um, you know, there are hitters that do certain things in spring training that don't necessarily translate to games when they matter. There are pitchers that do stuff that absolutely don't translate to when it matters. There are certain things that managers and coaches look for when you go to spring training. There are certain things that coaches in the NFL look for when they go to training camp. Uh, From a fan and media perspective, we're kind of looking for what they're looking for, except we're doing it a little blindly because you don't know how that translates to schemes and players that are working uh, working on things or working towards being ready for the regular season. So all of that kind of comes into play. Number one. Drew, how much time this weekend will you spend um, fishing, hunting, working the, the North Woods, <laughs> I, the out of doors? I don't hit the woods until uh, Monday, <laughs> okay. so none. Uh, Stately Olson Manor will be getting groomed and uh, you know, we'll be battening down the hatches to get ready to go on vacation turning things over to our house sitter so that uh, everything's ship shape but uh yeah none none zero not zero. not even next week even though you're going to be in the great out of doors uh so the the more important question and I asked you this in the last hour is will you be unplugged or is there connectivity where you are I've next week I've been told that there is Wi-Fi so I will be plugged I can occupy myself if I'm not but I am planning on being uh, plugged in and of course, got. I mean, we might have to declare a moratorium because my daughter is 16 and she spends most of her life with her face in her phone and her, yeah. you know, looking at the screen. So, we might have to haul that away and declare some a few hours and activities off limits for checking. But I'll be checking who early would, and often. Who would miss it more? Oh, she would for sure. She would. Are I mean, you, I, it's certain? my excuse is that it's for work <laughs> and it's professional. But uh, she would for sure. Uh, she would. She would definitely miss it. Yeah. I, I get it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we had this uh, brief conversation before. I don't know if I have been fully disconnected for more than 24 hours in memory uh, within that's the last a, two years. That's a big, yeah. Cause maybe no Mexico, matter where you are with a phone now, you're connected. Yeah, maybe maybe on a Mexico trip. But even then, um, you know, in the lobby there's Wi-Fi oh. or in your room. Now, the um, Mexico trip, that whole thing, like, uh, there's been stories in the, the Journal today? Sentinel yeah, about the all-inclusive, about people passing out from uh, maybe tainted booze or being drugged and stuff. Boy, yeah. that's freaky. Yeah, I read that full story, and if, if you're traveling to an all-inclusive in Mexico um, and you want to have a, a little bit of a fright, that story will, will set you uh, on a, maybe a different view of those all-inclusives. I know that the percentage of that is relatively low, extremely low. However, if, if you know that whether that's that couple from Nina that was featured in there or the Pewaukee uh, couple or family featured in there, some of those are tragic. And, and the inability to do anything about it after or the lack of cooperation, it's a, a really interesting read. Uh, I'm sure it's not great for um, those all-inclusives and Apple vacations and but uh, worth your time to, to read that story. Wow. That was, uh, that was eye-opening yeah. without a question. We're going to visit with Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, our Green and Gold Insider. He'll join us. The Packers have camp underway six days from now. We talk with Pete Doherty coming up next on the Mike Heller Show.
There is no stopping the calendar. It continues to flip day to day, and one week from yesterday, the Green Bay Packers will be on the practice field. Training camp is underway. Our green and gold insider, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, PackersNews.com. Pete, summer's over. It is. This is uh, <laughs> like, a, like a kid who's been on summer vacation, and uh, oh. school starts on Monday. Dragging him back to school. Uh, that yeah. first that first day of school when they're out there, what are you looking for? What is uh, there are going to be focus points, obviously, and you've been looking ahead. But when they get there, what what's where does your eye go? Well, the big things. I mean, you know, the first couple of days, the first two practices. I think it's the first two because the CBA they won't be in pads. So when they start going in pads, I think the practice starts Thursday. Or Saturday will be the first uh, padded practice. You know, big things I'll be looking for are. You know, where's the pass rush going to come from besides, you know, Clay Matthews? Uh, like, is anybody, I mean, I'll, you know, Perry will provide some too, but is there anybody, uh, Jim Ronelli yet, um, Fackrell, uh, Beagle, I don't think will be practicing. I'm not sure about that, but, you know, is there anybody else who can give a little juice to that rush? And then I'll be looking at the two, the top two draft picks in the secondary, Jones and uh, King, and seeing if those guys are going to make the, the defense any better. Those will be the big things I'm watching, but you know what, you're, you're trying to stay attuned to everything because you never know what could be a big development. And um, sometimes the in-camp things pop up that uh, you know are harbingers of what's going to happen during the season, good or bad. Pete, i got to ask a self-serving question here. It's The end of summer comes when the position-by-position series starts in the paper. <laughs> and it's, it's a rite of passage. And as a guy who did that for many years covering the Brewers, uh, I used to argue with my editors about it, and I would say, why do we do this every year? Why, why, we'll still write the same stories, but why do we package them this way? And the answer was, well, we've always done it this way. I'm like, well, that's a dumb reason to do it. And then they said, but our, our readers expect it. I said, yeah, because we give it to them all the time. It was a chicken and egg thing. It went on and on. The bottom line is I always did position by position. <laughs> so Yeah, there's, you know, I think it's well, – I'm sorry, go ahead. And the, the, I, I was just going to say, so I, I just wanted your thoughts about it. I know, I mean, the guys who are doing it, and it's it's – to me, it's it's not that they're lazy, but it seems a lazy way to present the news, but it's also comfortable and familiar to people. So I just wonder what you think. You know, the, the only thing that I would say to that is there's nothing new under the sun in journalism, so I think you could package it different ways, and it's really just the same stuff. Uh, the thing I'd argue, and, you know, in total candor here, I mean, we've been writing basically the same stuff since the draft, you know? I mean, it's just the same stuff, and stories move an inch forward, maybe, you know, in the off season, And they want Packers stuff in there because people are clicking on it, so they want it in there, something every day. And this is really, again, the same stuff, just repackaged a little differently, and it's just because there's a demand for readership. But I'd argue, you know, what's true, and, you know, I mean, maybe you'd have something innovative to do, but I still think we'd just be doing the same stuff, but packaged in a you know a slightly different looking um, package. When do you really know about uh, what they present? Can you pick up things enough in practice and in exhibition games to really know, or does the learning begin on September the tenth with Seattle? For me, it's it's September tenth. Um, you know, it's the real games, and even then, as we saw last year. What happens in the first half of the season isn't necessarily how the second half will turn out, you know. It's so fluid, um, you know, so there may not be a ton of mystery. This may be, and this we may go over this a lot this year, this could be basically the same team we've been looking at for about six or seven years, 
with a chance to win the Super Bowl, and if a couple things break their way and a couple players take off, then they could be really good. And if not, then they're still going to be in the playoffs, and you never know what can happen with a quarterback like Rodgers. Um, I mean, you know, if, that's, if I had to put any money down, I mean, what's really that different this year than last year, the year before, or the year before that? So they're in a circumstance, Pete, where the, the one of the biggest things is something you can't predict or forecast or know, which is health. What are the big health concerns coming into this season? I mean, people are wondering, is Ty Montgomery built to absorb the pounding he's going to take? or But is there anything overriding? Is there anything that they're watching, any red flags to start? You know, I think just the big thing is just, you know, the key guys. You know, we saw what a Jordy Nelson injury could do to the quarterback's production. Um, so he's he's a key guy. I think I'm guessing Martellus Bennett, just like Cook last year, uh, Martellus Bennett's health will be really important. They've got some backups at running back. We don't know if any of them can play, but I mean they drafted three of them. You got to think at least one of those guys is going to be able to help them out. So maybe there'll be a little more depth there. I guess what I would worry about if I were them is maybe, for instance, on the offensive line. Whereas the last couple years they were in position to absorb injuries, like at the center position, for instance, those injuries didn't hurt them at all because. They've flip-flopped with those two guys who both of them are NFL-caliber starters. Um, they're a little weakened now with uh, the losses in free agency with Lang leaving and uh, and um, my um, blanking on the, the, the center. Sitting, um, or, uh, back up last yeah, year. Anyway, those two guys taking J.C. Treader. Those guys took off in free agency. So they're, they're thinner there now on the, on the offensive line. So I think they're fine with their starting five, but an injury could be uh, a lot more costly this year than – it would have been maybe the last year or two. Uh, Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, PackersNews.com, joining us on the Mike Heller Show. John Dorsey conversation since his uh, surprise departure from Kansas City has been really quiet. Do you think it's quiet in Green Bay? Do you think there's been any conversation? I don't know. I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago about where he thought he would, he thought Dorsey would end up anywhere this year. And this guy, he knows Dorsey. I don't know that. I don't think he had talked to him, but he had heard, you know, maybe that like Seattle was a possibility because of John Schneider out there. I haven't heard anything about him coming here. I would think if they were going to do that, uh, if you're if you're talking about just for this season, I would think they would have already done that. Uh, if you're talking about him being Thompson's successor, I just don't know. I'm not so sure. The guys in house wouldn't have an upper hand on him right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, nobody knows what Mark Murphy's thinking. He hasn't tipped his hand at all. Um, but I don't know that he would have a better chance at the job than an Elliot Wolf or Brian Kudekunst or uh, Alonzo Highsmith. Uh, in, in, in that same vein, if I can follow up on that, do you think that they already have a transition plan in place for the uh, for the general manager's position in Green Bay? Ted Thompson's contract up after the draft next spring. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. Um, I don't have a good read on that because Murphy's not giving away anything. He says he keeps saying. He knows the process that they're going to do when, whenever Thompson leaves. That tells me that he's going to use that search firm that, that they've used in the past, the search firm that hired him for the, for the Packers Executive Committee how many years ago that was. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know if he's being coy when he says that. I, would, I mean, I think one of his jobs is to have a short list of guys, and he should be making this hire, and he shouldn't be going to a search committee for this, you know, for a director of um, – you know, like one of the administrative positions in the, on the like director of advertising or whatever on the business side, I could see using a search firm. But for something football, uh, I think that's the president's job. So, I, But it sounds like that's probably what he'd do. And if he has a plan, 
Um, he's kept it pretty tight to the vest and hasn't told anybody or has kept the circle small enough where nothing on that has leaked out to anyone I know or anything that I've ever uh, read or heard uh, around town. Pete, in the pecking order of uh, Packers assignments, where does the shareholders meeting rank in terms of <laughs> having to cover it and come up with news from it? You know, it's not real fun to cover. Um, yeah, I don't have to go out there anymore as columnist. We, have, we send uh, one of the younger beat writers out there, so I don't know if that tells you anything. You know, when Wolf was the GM, it, it wasn't too bad because uh, he'd always give the shareholders a, a little bit of news. You know, nothing huge, but, you know, he'd give them a couple nuggets. I mean, Ted Thompson just stands there, and they show all these slides, but all he does is read off who's on the roster at every position. That's basically all he does. So, and, uh, there's no Jason Weed used to at least kind of entertain the crowd with his Green Bay hominess, and there's none of that anymore. So it's, um, it's a pretty empty uh, – it's been a pretty empty experience for several years now, for as long as Thompson's been GM. You know, there was the uh, the comments, uh, and I think we talked about it when it happened, but Greg Jennings a couple of weeks ago talking about um, his thoughts on the Packers and why they hadn't been able to uh, have more success. I'm sure you heard it, but just for those who maybe haven't, or to refresh, here's what Greg Jennings had to say. For me, the issue is it's kind of two-sided, and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to flat out say it. If we had a lead, our di- our issue wasn't the defense. Our issue was Mike McCarthy because he would cuff us w- as far as continuing. When you watch New England play, when they have a lead, they go for, they, they go for your throat. They don't because relax. They have the best they quarterback in football. That, they, they, have, they have a great quarterback. They, they have arguably the best have. quarterback in football, but they have no doubt about it the best head coach in football, and probably the best coaching staff in all of football. Understanding uh, the umbrella here that Jennings is working under trying to be provocative, he's on a national radio television show, so I I get that part. Uh, To Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers came at least to somewhat of defense of that uh, most recently. Overall, bigger picture of what Jennings has to say. How much of it is real? How much of it is perceived? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Received. what's your view? Yeah, I, I'm not buying a lot of it. I mean, there's no doubt we could go back and pick out a couple games where that's happened. You know, the Seattle game in the playoffs being the biggest one, the championship game. And there's, I seem to remember, and I couldn't pick the game out, but I remember when I, when I saw these comments, I was like, you know, I can think of a game earlier than that, too, where, where that happened. But, um, I mean, let's face it, New England isn't winning championships because they put, the hand, they put their foot on people's throats. They're winning championships because they have the best quarterback ever and maybe the best coach ever. That's, those are the two biggest reasons. Um, you know, I just, I'm just not seeing that being a big factor in whether the Packers have uh, – you know, with their one Super Bowl in the last seven or eight years, whatever it is. I, I understand. I don't think it's I don't think he's just it's completely out of left field and it's totally useless and there's nothing to it, but I just don't see it as, as that big a factor. And I I'm guessing we're only talking, you know, a, a couple of different games. Here I mean, go back and look through their scores. There's some big blowouts in there too where they've won big and they keep uh, 
keep hammering teams. So, Pete, um, after all the years and, and all the, the, the fallout from the divorce, now they're changing the name of Brett Favre Steakhouse to the Hall of Fame Steakhouse in Green Bay? Now? <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, sign's coming uh, down now? <laughs> that's probably uh, that's his call, I'm sure. Um, you know, I'm still suspicious about how good the relations are. I think this is mostly the relations between the two are mostly just a big business deal because both are going to make a lot of money off of getting along well. That's my suspicion. Yeah. And Agreed. They're going to have the ribbon cutting on the new name uh, next week, I guess. So uh, so that will happen in uh, relative short order. Well, your summer is now done, so welcome back to training camp, and we'll look forward to our, our conversations as camp gets underway on Thursday. Yeah, lots of, uh, lots of football to talk about. I look forward to uh, finally not having to... Do all the speculation and actually talk about some stuff that's happening on the field. Yeah, absolutely. We'll look forward to it. Thank you, Pete. Okay, see you guys. Pete Doherty, our Green and Gold Insider, Green Bay Press Gazette, PackersNews.com. There is news from the Brewers in Philadelphia and almost a final now from the north side of Chicago. We'll get you update updated on what's going on in baseball where the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals are concerned that we do when we come back. This is the Mike Heller Show. couple of updates on the uh, program here today. Carol calling us out on Twitter saying that uh, both to Drew and I, I don't know who's more uh, of the issue here, Drew, me or you, uh, but I'm, I'm fairly certain it's me. Uh, telling the Cubs score like you are today is one of the things that makes me say you are annoying. I don't want to be well, that's, annoying. I'm annoying for a lot of other things than that. <laughs> Can a we not have a more valid reason to be annoying other than on a sports show that is focused in on the National League Central Division race to be giving updates on the Cubs-Cardinals score? Is it the manner of which I was giving an update? I don't like either team, no. but one team is closer to the team that we cover in the standings, so being a little happy about the Cubs being hammered in the eighth inning today would not be... Is that the annoying part? If you're a Cubs fan, I imagine it might be a little annoying. I yeah I don't understand Carol she's got to elaborate. Carol, we need more information. Uh, not enough information. So go ahead and tweet us tweet us more information on what is the annoying part here, and then these updates from our friend Todd Rosiak, who is with the Brewers in Philadelphia, as Tom Hardercourt, who joined you earlier today on the Drew Olson Show, is doing a lot of work in getting ready for Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame, which comes up shortly. Rosiak tweeting out, Craig Council says Eric Sogard will be reinstated from the DL tomorrow. Willie Peralta with two innings pitch last night. Council says before we get out of the weekend, he'll be active as well. So the, the Willie Peralta deal, because he threw two innings last night, doesn't have to happen today or tonight or even tomorrow morning. So we'll see how those couple of things work. Um, is there, I mean, no surprise on either one. Sogard was just a matter of getting... Uh, that ankle tested and healthy, and as soon as he was, he was going to be back with a big league club. But uh, the Peralta thing is is interesting. The Brewers are looking for help in that bullpen, and Peralta might be the guy that gives it to him again. Maybe. I mean, I guess he's maybe he's turned a corner, and they're looking for help. 
But then again, maybe there's a move afoot. A trade. Maybe there's a trade of some kind, and they're, they've got these guys waiting for when they trade other guys to open up spots. It all fuels a lot of conversation, doesn't it? I mean, definitely. It, as a reporter, you're sniffing something out right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you're you're definitely you're you're on high alert, wondering like what's going on and why, uh, you know, like you know, just just what what the next domino is because obviously to activate two guys, you got to get rid of two guys, but is that the extent of it? Well, and that's the the fair question to ask going into this weekend with two players not on the active roster who have joined the team in Philadelphia, um, and, and that always you would think, what does that do in the locker room? I mean, these two guys are there, and that means two guys that are there right now. No, I mean, everybody's thinking, "Oh, geez, is it going to be me? Is it you? Is it that guy? Is it who's going? Who's not going to be here tomorrow when they make their moves?" Brett Phillips is in the lineup tonight, and Sogard hasn't been activated. So you think, "Oh, maybe Keon Broxton is not in the lineup, so maybe he's nervous." Do they know, Drew? I mean, if somebody said to like, "Would Council pull whoever's going to be?" reassigned and, and down to Colorado Springs. Have they told them? That's a great question. Um, a lot of times, no. Because something could change. Somebody could get hurt. Things, Plans can go awry. Um, there were times um, Phil Garner would tell me sometimes when he was managing and I was covering the team, he, he was the Brewers manager, he would say, pull me aside at some point before a game and say, hey, we're sending Mike Heller down after the game, but don't talk to him yet because we haven't told him. We're going to tell him after the game. <laughs> And then I would know that, and I would have that, and I would make it my lead note. And then when they announced it after the game, I wasn't scrambling. I was, you know, I was taken care of. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I would know before the player. But a lot in a lot of cases, they just hold on and because things can happen. Who knows? Like, they, what they're planning now could – they might make a trade in the fourth inning tonight that preempts their plans of what they're going to do or what they think they're going to do right now. Have you ever seen anything as funky and as odd as the Wilmer Flores deal a couple of years ago with the Brewers and the Mets? They've had he... other um, deals fall apart and just kind of break up. So yeah, that's it's rare, but those things can happen sometimes. Yeah, until you're actually until you've actually until the deal is done, the deal isn't done. You know. Well, in that case, they took him off the field and they show him in the dugout. He's, He's hugging crying. everybody, saying goodbye. He's crying, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> It didn't happen. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, and, and, oh, the Lucroy trade. They had Lucroy traded to Cleveland. To Cleveland, and he... And he then didn't. So, yeah, the it. year after then, that happened two years in a row. So, interesting to... Uh, I'm sure the beat reporter, and, and Tom's not there, but Rosiak is, and uh, I imagine that Rosiak and uh, those in his position have their antennae up trying to feel things out because you... You know, it doesn't happen all, all that often that it works this way, right? That you got two players that are not active who are both with the ball club, and you know, and sometimes it's obvious, but you know that they're going to be active before the weekend is done as early as tomorrow, but you don't know for who. Yeah, that, that is rare that they're just sitting there. Interesting scenario. By the way, our Twitter poll question just got skewed in a more positive direction where the Brewers are concerned, although it might not reflect itself in the vote yet. I rephrased Wednesday's poll question, changed where you think the Brewers will be in the standings from August 1st up to July 24th, which is Monday, an off day for the Brewers. Where will the Brewers be in the standings on Monday? Well, it just got buoyed a bit as the Cubs got beat, so the Brewers lead in the National League Central 
is back up to a game and a half, and if they were to find a win tonight in Philadelphia, it would be a two-game lead. So in that case, they would be uh, almost as assured of being in first place come Monday. Right now, 40%, only 40% say in first place on Monday. 60% of the 200 votes say in second place. But I have a feeling if the voters continue to vote on the poll question <laughs> uh, the rest of this afternoon and into this evening, that those numbers are going to flip around. You would think, yeah. There's, there's probably a pretty good chance of that. We just gave you a strong hint. <laughs> we just gave you a partial answer to the question. Uh, so the, the Cubs get beat today by the Cardinals, and it was one of those extraordinary deals in which the Cubs led... Three to two, going to the eighth inning, and lost eleven to four. It was a nine-run eighth inning. All of those yeah. runs scoring with nobody out. That's incredible. That the first nine guys scored. Yeah, it's crazy. They had eleven base. I think they had maybe twelve base runners in the inning. They had had six prior to that, and uh, so they're. I don't know. I mean, it depends on your perspective. But if you're viewing it from the Brewers' vantage point, that's good news today on the north side of Chicago for a Cubs team that had won six straight out of the All-Star break. Their bullpen gives up nine in the eighth inning in the loss, and the Brewers will uh, certainly benefit from that, from that. And the Cardinals were reeling, Drew, and their front office said the way they were playing was unacceptable. They had a, a hellacious loss last night against the Mets. Mike Matheny is rumored to be in some trouble. You know Matheny well, and one of the great baseball guys who, who has just a ton of respect. But, you know, baseball that's not being played at a level that a market is is accustomed to, everybody gets in trouble, including a guy like Mike Matheny. Yeah, it's been um, – boy, they, they were at rock bottom just last night or this morning. Like, they, oh, God, that loss last night was so horrible. I don't even want to watch this team anymore. And now they beat the Cubs and everything. It's like, oh, hey, maybe we're not out of this yet. Yeah. Funny. They kind of are. I mean, they they would have been. They might have been launched in, and they could still lose the next two. But so this weekend is kind of put up or shut up time for the Cardinals. Like whether they're going to go ahead and start selling or you know breaking down. I guess they did make kind of a minor trade um, today. So yeah, they 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 got a then they sent a pitcher to Seattle and got a a bat that was a minor league bat, I believe. So see how that works. But the Cardinals with the win. You know, it's funny because you look at the record, but then you look at the standings. If you look at the record, there are two games under 500. They're 47 and 49. You look at the standings, and they're only three games out in the loss column. So, you know, what do you do? These are the dilemmas, and there's just 10 days in order to figure out what you do. The Cardinals will have important games. The important weekend in Chicago, uh, 10 days from now, after the trade deadline, They'll come to Milwaukee for a three-game set uh, the first, second, or the second, third, and fourth of August, whatever those dates are. But, you know, I don't know how front offices do that and how they try to figure out what we're going to do. We're going to sell off some pieces or acquire some pieces when they look at the standings and see that they're three games out in the loss column. That's, again, that's tough. And I always wondered, like, why in baseball, what's the magic about the August, I mean, the July 31st date. Why couldn't it be August 31st? You still have a month of the season. Why not give teams that long to kind of evaluate where they are, especially with a second wild card now? You can be, like we always say, if you're 500 on September 1st, you're generally in contention for a wild card. 
And baseball has always done some things backwards, right? In that regard, you can expand your rosters in September when that should be the last time you expand the rosters. Why do you give teams advantages yeah. by expanding rosters? Yeah, why are you playing 40 against 26? It you know, doesn't, doesn't make sense. Make, that doesn't make a lot of sense either, definitely. So, uh, it, yeah, the, the non-waiver trade deadline is 10 days from now. There are still deals that happen after that, but they can be blocked because the player that's going to be traded has to clear waivers first, and teams can block just by making a claim, or other teams can make the claim, and then you got to pull them back. So uh, all the deals that are of extreme significance will be made within the next 10 days and the Brewers will take the field tonight in Philadelphia against the Phillies who are 32 and 61 the Brewers will take the field tonight with a game and a half lead in the National League Central courtesy of the Cubs loss today their first loss is since the All-Star break they had won six in a row, but they get beat by the Cardinals today. So the National League Central Division standings updated. The Brewers by a game and a half over the Cubs, three over Pittsburgh, four over St. Louis. The Reds are ten and a half games back as the Brewers begin play tonight in Philadelphia. So uh, we have that, and we'll be obviously paying very close attention to the Brewers from a personnel standpoint because both Eric Sogard and Willie Peralta are with the team in Philadelphia and neither are on the active roster yet. Council saying that Sogard will be reinstated from the DL tomorrow. And at Peralta, he says, quote, before we get out of this weekend, he'll be active as well, which leads to two other corresponding moves of which we don't know what they are yet. So all of that is uh, is what we're watching heading into a weekend. And I don't know if you watched it, but I was up in Watching the British Open earlier today, and Steve Stricker is still in a decent position. Jordan Spieth is atop the leaderboard, and uh, and that makes it fun when you, and that's the leaderboard I think they would have preferred to see at Aaron Hills a month ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the, to, with the star power and everything, it wasn't a horrible tournament at Aaron Hills, but it, I don't know. You're, you're right; they would have preferred to have you know, the big guns. Yeah, and Brooks Kepka, who won the U.S. Open, he's. Right near the top of the leaderboard, only three shots back of Jordan Spieth. But having a leaderboard of the top four names featuring Spieth, Matt Kuchar, Ian Poulter, and Brooks Kepka, that's the leaderboard you, you kind of wanted. You don't get to pick it. And Rory McIlroy's also tied for sixth. So that's the, that's the board you kind of wanted at Aaron Hills. You didn't get it. It was a great tournament. It just was devoid of the big names near the top, and uh, that's what you get going into this weekend. Spieth, Kuchar, Poulter, Kepka, all within, uh, well, Spieth is the leader by two shots, and then Rory McIlroy's on the first page of the leaderboard. Bubba Watson is tied for 10th, and a, a pretty good opening two rounds for a guy by the name of Steve Stricker, who will go into the weekend uh, in a decent spot, tied for 24th, two over par for the tournament. He was even yesterday, two over par today in really tough scoring condi- conditions. But a top 25 heading into the weekend for Steve Stricker is uh, is very good. Drew, you're going to be away, right? You're going to go find Indeed. the woods and look for deer I'm and gonna go, fish. Yeah, I'm going to try to fishing. avoid uh, ticks and um, mosquitoes of all kinds, uh, have some Miller products, and uh, you know, just enjoy the great outdoors uh, as people do. Good for you. Enjoy the time away. We'll uh, we'll visit with you a week from Monday. Enjoy the time you've earned it. Thanks, man. All you right, have Drew, a great weekend too. Drew Olson heading away. We'll be uh, we'll be back and going into the five o'clock hour. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. Stick around. You're listening to the Mike Heller Show.
They're the in crowd, we're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. They're getting ready for baseball tonight at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. The Brewers and the Phillies. Phillies have the worst record in baseball, but this is not like other sports. That does not promise you that they will not play well this weekend. In fact, Philadelphia is coming off of a series win on the road in Miami. And the Brewers got some good news this afternoon. They got a little help from the St. Louis Cardinals of all teams as the Cubs had a 3-2 lead going to the eighth inning, but the Cardinals scored nine times before they recorded an out in the eighth inning in Chicago. Five walks help in that process, and the Cardinals get a win in Chicago. That buoys the, the Cardinals in their fan base, which was not in a good spot entering today. That doesn't make me feel better on that end of it, but it does make me feel better that the Cubs are not going to go undefeated. Their bid for an undefeated post-All-Star break season, went away in the eighth inning today. Cubs lose to the Cardinals. So the Brewers' conversation is an interesting one to be had entering the 5 o'clock hour on this Friday. A, they've lost five games in a row. That's the ties for the longest losing streak of the year. B, in each and every one of those five games in the losing streak, they led in the fifth inning or later. Although I think yesterday was the fourth inning. So... That is a peculiar set of circumstances in which none of those losses were by, on Sunday it was by three runs, every other was a two or one run loss. They'll be in Philadelphia. There are two players in Philadelphia with the Brewers, Eric Sogard and Willie Peralta, who are not on their active roster. Craig Council says that Sogard will be activated from the DL tomorrow and that Willie Peralta will be activated some point before the weekend is done. That is a nervous clubhouse then because two of the players that are active are not going to be with the major league team at some point, either tomorrow or on Sunday. Or there's a trade looming. Pick your options here. Keon Broxton not in the lineup tonight. Ryan Braun not in the lineup tonight. Braun did say today that he expects to be back in the lineup tomorrow as he's had a wrist issue going on but expects to be in the lineup tomorrow. So that took away the concept of wondering as to whether Ryan Braum was going to go on the 10-day DL. Wouldn't think so if he thinks he'll be back in the lineup tomorrow. Keon Broxson not in the lineup tonight. Brett Phillips is in center field. Is Keon Broxton going to get a reassignment? Last year he went down to Colorado Springs and then came back and was really good. So there are question marks about what goes on in the National League Central. In fact, we'll hear... From Craig Council in a few minutes. He was on earlier today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the MLB Network at about 3.30 this afternoon with Casey Stern and Brad Lidge. John Adias is out, uh, suspended for conduct detrimental to the show. Happens too often. Uh, Jimmy Cuska was here, but he found free pizza, and then he left. And Mike Pilch is here, and he has also found free pizza, but he's going to be here for the duration. Hello, Mike. I'm going to be here for a long time tonight. Oh, your high school football Fridays gets underway tonight. No. No? No. No? no. Severe storm coverage, possibly. Oh, all right, so no football yet. No, we're not doing anything football-related. I'm not ready for football. <laughs> I need a little more time before I'm at that point. Two of the NFL teams are in camp already. I know. And in fact, Des Bryant uh, was late to the workouts today in <gasps> Dallas. He missed his uh, mile-long uh, run. Oh, it's gonna, oh so he's going to have a bad year. in Dallas. Fifth-round pick in fantasy this year. Forget about it. Bad training, year for him. Training camps are underway in two NFL cities. The Packers will be in camp on Thursday of next week. Pete Doherty joined us earlier. You'll hear that conversation at about 5.30. Are you ready for that yet? No. No, near am I. No, I said to Pete when we opened the conversation, that's the end. Your summer is now done. Yes, and for he, him. It's, it's like, you know, some of the, especially in the South, and I don't know why it works that way, but in the South, kids go back to school in early August. Like when we yeah. li- when I lived in Memphis, the kids would go back to school like August tenth. Yeah, early to mid usually. Yeah, they also mid- get out early yeah, get to out mid early. May, but so uh, I get it that that summer will end for many um, a little bit early. But I always think this when football camps begin in the NFL, summer is kind of over, and uh, and I never look forward to it like we do. You know, we all look forward to spring training, even if you're not a baseball fan, because you know it signifies that spring is around the corner. Right. Weather's going to change and get better. Yeah. Plants and everything are starting to grow and sprout and live, yeah. you know. But when football Now things starts, are dying. I love football. I love football. But I don't like it when it starts because it really yep. does signify that summer is coming to a close. Um, yeah, you're you're at the tail end. You're at the you're you're going down the hill now for summer. It's been a weird summer. I haven't done as much that I normally do. It feels like summer's just starting for me. Yeah, so this well, is rough. Now it's now it's ending. I'm just telling you that as as we Man. get started. So we welcome you into the five o'clock hour of the program. I did put up a Twitter poll question, and the results of this Twitter poll co- question ought to change now. Mm-hmm. If you're voting, you can vote at Heller Sports at Mike Heller Show. At the Big 1070, at the Big 920, at the Score WI. I rephrased the poll question from Wednesday, changed the date of it. I had it on Wednesday to say, where will the Brewers be in the standings on August the 1st, after the Cubs series next weekend and after the, the day, the final day of the trade deadline? I changed it to, where will the Brewers be in the standings come Monday? Well, they got help today. Cardinals win in Chicago, so the Brewers lead in the NL Central is that a game and a half before they take the field in Philadelphia? So right now, the voting that says 59% think the Cubs will be in first place on Monday and the Brewers behind them, 59% think that, well, that a lot of that vote came in before that game ended. One game out of 162 changes your mind, really, folks? Well, on, on where they'll be on Monday? Well, apparently it is. Well, where they'll be in the standings on Monday... Math has a lot to do with that. If the Brewers were to win tonight, they'd have a two-game lead. Are you talking Cubs. about August first or Monday right now? Monday. Oh well, that's I changed the poll question to say where will the Brewers be in the standings on Monday? Oh, not August first. I was totally no. paying attention to everything you were saying there. Obviously, obviously. Earlier this week, I asked the question where they would be on August the first. Today, I changed. Well, I would it, say they'll probably the be in first still. Yeah. yeah. 
So that that voting ought to change. Pilch, you need to pay attention. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. to you. Going back to my school days, yeah, man. Right. Um, all right. So earlier, just a short while ago, Craig Council, the Brewers manager, was on the MLB Network radio show with Casey Stern and Brad Lynch. Let's hear from Craig Council now. This is before. He's not really talking about anything other than beginning by talking about how a manager approaches how the team is playing as we get close to the trade deadline. Well, I think, you know, I think I don't think that's necessarily how we look at it. I mean, I think, you know, we look at it, you know, here is like, let's play a good game tonight. Um, you know, from from David's perspective and you know Matt Arnold's perspective, I think it's it's always you know it's always let's try to put the organization in a better place. And and they're they've we've done a they've done a great job of getting us to this point with that. And I have the utmost faith that they'll continue to do that. And. And they have tough decisions. I think every GM's facing facing tough decisions at this time of the year. But um, you know, I mean, to to get where we're at and to get to this point in the season and be where we're at, we've we've done a lot of things right. You know, and I, I know we'll, we'll you know if I think we'll keep doing things right, and that's what's that's what's got us to this point. So we have to kind of maintain that. To me, maintain that that diligence and that discipline that's required um, when when you're going to do something like this. And Craig, along those lines, uh, with how well the club has played overall this season, could you see a rental starting pitchers making sense for your club, or does it really have to be a multi-year piece? Um, well, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll answer it from the manager's perspective. Like, look, every manager, I think it's kind of funny when, when this question gets asked, but like, managers, like, Good players are like good. I like good players. You know, I, I really do. It's, so, it's, <laughs> so, but I think there, there's there's certainly you know from the general manager's perspective, there's there's more to, to answer to, and there's more to consider, and, and and it's their responsibility to consider consider everything, and you have to consider everything. So. Um, and, and I think it's I think it's different f- uh, for every organization, but it's um, you, you got to consider all the pieces in a decision. That's that's what leads you to making good decisions is to considering all the the, the factors. So um, you know I think David's been open to everything, and, and that's going to make the organization better and make make this year's team better, make the 2018 team better, and that's what he that's how he has to think about every every uh, decision he has. It's Craig Council, and you know the unique perspective there, Pelch, is that when you hear from Craig Council, uh, he's been on the bench now for a little bit more than two years, but prior to that, he was the GM in waiting. Correct. You know, he was the GM in waiting to succeed Doug Melvin. So he has a really unique perspective on what David Stearns and Matt Arnold are doing as the Brewers GM and assistant GM in dealing with a roster that's young and also trying to deal with the current situation that the Brewers are in first place by a game and a half and measuring our prospects, our talent for the future and now and measuring it against a trade that takes away some of the future talent but might add a piece that is also part of the process rolling forward. It's, there's a lot of moving parts. So you're saying they're in perfect harmony with each other and understand each other. They are in the perfect relationship, is what you're saying. Craig Council, oh, no, they, Craig they Council get, He gets it. where David Stern's he, mind is at. He does get it, but yeah. he said, like all managers, he just wants his the yeah. best roster he can have. But he gets Craig it. Craig Council would love to have Sonny Gray in the rotation right, right now. Right now. 
Craig Council would, would well, love that. Well, that's a bad that's example because he's got two years left on his deal. Let's say he'd love Johnny Cueto in his rotation right now. Even Cueto would be a free agent and opt out at the end of the year. He wouldn't care from a manager's perspective. He wants the pitcher there. I don't care if he's a free agent at the end of the year. But he also gets why Stearns wouldn't make that move. Perfectly understands it. Other times there are managers that look uh, to the front office and say, why are you not making it? I imagine Mike McCarthy has done that many, many times. Oh, a few times, thousand times, yeah. Look towards the, the office still of is. Ted Thompson and say, how is it that we don't have corners? Why can't we get somebody that rushes the passer? Yep. Why don't you know? Why don't we have certain things? I think it happens well, in that case. Craig Council, that way. Craig Council might view it a little bit differently since he was in that spot two and a half years ago. They're also not that different in age. As young as Stearns is Council's early 40s. I mean, there's not that much of a Stern, difference. Yeah. Well, Stearns is younger. It doesn't happen very often that the manager is older than the GM. No, but they're still not that different. Well, they're um, 10 years apart. Yeah, they're still young. Youngish. Yeah. I mean, Council's not an old guy. He looks 15 years younger than he is. No, so. he, yeah, he does look No, like he gets that. it, though, and he answered that the right way. From a manager's perspective, I'd like to have the reincarnation of Sandy Koufax in my rotation now and give him up at the end of the year. But, yeah. you know, well, uh, I, just, I understand what he's doing. I just think it's incredibly unique going into this weekend. Right now, with the Brewers, they have two extra players. And everybody yeah. in that—not everybody in that clubhouse—but guys like Keon Broxton, um, certainly guys like uh, you know. I'm, I guess you can go down the list. Certainly in the the pitching staff, but Keon Broxton, Brett Phillips, maybe another or two might be thinking, "Shoot, am I going to be here on Sunday?" Because two yeah. of the guys that are active and going to take the field tonight are in the bullpen. Uh, will not be there when the weekend is done. Willie Peralta is there. Eric Sogard is there. Neither are active yet. Both will be active before the weekend is done. Craig Council says that Sogard will be activated tomorrow, that Willie Peralta will be activated before the weekend is done, and it leaves you thinking a couple of things. One, could it be that Keon Broxton is going to be sent down? Could it be that Brett Phillips is going to be sent down? Which of the Brewers' bullpen pitchers is going to be going back to Colorado Springs? Or are the Brewers on the verge of making a trade in which they're sending a couple or a major leaguer as part of the the deal that would make Jonathan VR vulnerable. What's going to happen? The Sogard thing would play into effect there, right? Yeah. Um, boy, doesn't it scary to see Peralta back there? If Peralta's there, you're like he's not as good as what you'd be sending down. Uh, well, I don't agree. I, no, I, I, think, I don't know about that. I, I think Peralta in I think Peralta has ridiculously good stuff. Oh, he does. I agree, but it doesn't matter if you're not getting the results, right? But I think as a starter, he's far more vulnerable because he's a two pitch, uh, not a speed changing pitcher. He's a two pitch pitcher, but in a one inning situation, uh, I think Peralta's stuff, especially if he begins an inning. Uh, I have some faith in Willie Peralta. So that doesn't bother me. I he know didn't it does. show it. I agree because he can just air it out in the upper 90s with that hard slider. As yeah. a reliever, that's yeah. nasty, but he didn't do it when he was there. And right. Craig Council admitted, this guy's frustrating the heck out of me. Well, yeah, and that's why they sent him out. And sometimes you send somebody out, they get it right, and they get it figured out. So maybe Willie Peralta has that. Otherwise, they wouldn't bring, be bringing him back to the big league club now. Unless, of course, they're making a move. So let's see what that is this weekend. We'll find out a little bit more on Eric Sogard tomorrow. We'll find out more where Willie Peralta and the pitching staff is concerned by the end of the weekend. And interesting to see 
how this rolls forward. The trade deadline is 10 days away. Good news, sort of, and it's never really good news when the Cardinals win, but today's sort of good news because the Cardinals beat the Cubs. Never seen that much um, happiness from Brewer fans on Twitter as I did with the Cardinal win today. Yeah, and just think of this. It's July 21st. It's not like that was a win for the Cardinals over the Cubs on September the 21st that changed a little bit in the standings. We've got more than 63 games to play. When the Brewers are done tonight, they'll have 63 games remaining. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow's will be their 100th game of the season. It's been a pretty good 100 games. Which is kind of by any measure starts in a way. Hey, with Sogard back, would you play him every day over VR right now? Uh, if if his ankle is good to go, yeah. Uh, okay. You know, and do you play him every day? Period, or just wait out till his hot no, streak's over? No, but I mean, over? Uh, listen, Arcia's got to have a day off. Travis Shaw might have to have a day off, and in that, you can you have the the versatility with Sogard to play multiple positions, the versatility of VR to play multiple positions, um, and I I've mentioned, and I don't. There's nothing on this. Haven't seen it anywhere, but. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers make a deal if VR is part of the deal. If yeah, Jonathan VR yeah. is one of the guys that goes out on a trade, I wouldn't be shocked. And I think, listen, VR's got a great upside. He's a switch hitter with power and great speed with defensive versatility. He makes outs on the base paths, and he does go into some protracted slumps at the plate. But VR's upside, we saw it last year. VR's got a tremendous upside. And right now, I wouldn't be shocked if the Brewers made a deal, if VR was part of that deal. So there, you know, there's a ton of options for the Brewers heading into the weekend. This is a really interesting time to watch and see what happens. And obviously, the Brewers with five straight losses, you want to see what happens on the field between the White Lions tonight when they begin that series in Philadelphia just about one hour's time from now. You'll hear from Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He joined us earlier today. Packers camp underway six days from now. We'll give that back to you at 5.30. Your phone calls in on both the Cubs' loss today, the Brewers' opportunity this weekend, and just as importantly, what would you do on the GM front 10 days out from the trade deadline? Are you standing pat, or are you going to make a move? 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. 729-1070. Back with your phone calls. More conversation in a couple of minutes. This is the Mike Heller Show. It's Mike Heller for Star Satellite. Switching from cable to satellite might sound complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Thanks to Star Satellite. As a local authorized retailer for DirecTV, Star Satellite made the process of switching from cable to DirecTV easy. Now with DirecTV, I enjoy a sports entertainment experience that crushes cable. And with Star Satellite, I get an excellent customer service experience from experts right in my backyard. You can't beat that winning combo. Ready to make the switch? Call Star Satellite, 844-523-STAR, 844-523-STAR. Back in on a quitting time Friday on the Mike Heller Show as we roll into a weekend. Brewers and Phillies tonight in Philadelphia. Milwaukee with a game-and-a-half lead. Cubs lost earlier today to St. Louis. Game-and-a-half lead for the Brewers in the National League Central heading into tonight's play. Uh, Interesting to see what they're going to do in the next 10 days. Interesting to watch how they respond to a four-game losing streak, or five-game losing streak, rather, entering play tonight. 
And given that, in that five-game losing streak, the Brewers have held the lead in every one of those five games in the fourth inning or later, including holding a lead in the ninth inning, a one-run lead, on Wednesday night. But that being said, that also brings to light one of the Brewers' issues this year. I was talking with Tom Hardercourt on the program about it yesterday. When leading after eight innings, the Brewers are 47-6. and six. The fact that they're winless when trailing after eight innings is not terribly surprising. Teams don't get very many wins when they trail entering the ninth. But the six losses, Hardercourt pointed out talking to us yesterday, that not even 100 games into the season to have six losses when leading after eight innings is a bit of the issue, which brings me to the conversation that the Brewers are in conversation on the trade market, but everybody is focused so much in on starting pitching. Don't be surprised if the Brewers actually pull a deal that would include relievers. Uh, It's being reported and has been reported from Bob Nightingale that the Brewers have been aggressive, his words, in pursuit of Tigers closer Justin Wilson. Astros, Nationals, and Rays and Red Sox are also checking on Wilson. He's nasty. Yeah, and also that the Brewers are in conversation about Brad Hand in San Diego, Addison Reed with the Mets, and of course, Sonny Gray, a starter with the A's. The reason I think a reliever helps to make some of the difference is that if you get, let's say you did pull a deal that got Justin Wilson back into the bullpen, that moves Corey Knebel to the eighth. That makes a big difference. Or you flip-flop them if that works for the two. You never know. Yeah, I mean, well, Wilson has been effective in the role. Not that Knable hasn't, but he has been susceptible to the long ball because uh, when he can't throw a slider for a strike, his fastball is gettable. And so I just think there's a, there is a domino effect on any deal they make, and it will be a really interesting watch over the next 10 days. But I think if they're going to do something... Mike, it happens soon. I think the Brewers would move sooner rather than later because I think they have to to get the guys they want. When you talked to Tom about blowing those six losses, how many of those came when Neftali Feliz was the closer? I think uh, I think um, if you you break it out, I think that Corey Knable has blown four saves. Four of those games that they have lost when leading into the ninth, three or four are con- on Knable. And then, obviously, Neftali Feliz, who was in that closing position early, is obviously no longer in the league. So That's actually more than I thought with Knebel. I was thinking he had maybe two. Because he had the one at Yankee Stadium right before the break. And He's 16 of 21 in save opportunities. Now, some of those come when you're in there in the seventh or eighth inning, and they count it that way, too, though. Right. Um, that's more than I thought with him, actually. Yeah, so he's got five blown saves. That's a lot more than I thought. Two of them on home runs in the ninth inning that I can recall off the top of my head. So I don't know. In baseball anymore, specifically in the postseason, you win with bullpens. You really don't win with starting pitching. You need a starting pitching to just keep it close, and then teams who dominate in, in October, they're bullpen-driven. That's just the way the game is. You need them. However, in the regular season, what you need is innings. And that's something the Brewers haven't gotten, and that's why I still think that bullpen could just blow up come mid to late August because they've worked too much. But if you want to make a run in October, it's all bullpen-related. It just is. So if you build up a bullpen, that's not a bad thing. Because Wilson, Knable, that's a heck of a one-two punch along with Barnes when he's healthy or when he's throwing well. Well, and and that's that's what we talk about. If you talk about Wilson and then Wilson, Knable, and Barnes go 7, 8, 9 in whatever order you put them in, 
you're in a pretty good spot. That's uh, that's good. And, yeah. and the Brewers don't often get their starting pitcher into the seventh inning. So if you can take a lead to the seventh and your your finish, and the Brewers just ran into that in Pittsburgh. The Pirates' bullpen that had finished games is really impressive. And the Brewers have had that from time to time. They haven't had it as much this year as they would like. But Jacob Barnes to Corey Knable to Wilson Big would, difference. Be, would be really good. You add that third guy in that back end of that rotation. Especially in the National League. That's why like I think Washington, as good as they've been, has very little chance of getting to the series because they have no bullpen. They yeah. would need their starters going deep every time. That's why I think the Dodgers have a pretty clear and easy path in October, because doesn't mean that the, the mean, that Washington won't make that move. They know no. it as well as any. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, but they've made... Is, is an and they got the deal for Madsen and Doolittle, which helps, but they need more than that. And it's there's just not that many relievers available, and you're going to have to give up a ton to get them. That's why I think in the National League, my point is, if you can build up a good bullpen and get into the postseason, um, the only team really built like that would be probably the Dodgers. So I think you'd actually match up well better in a short series in the National League, whereas I think in the American League, Cleveland, Boston, and Houston are all pretty much built that way. So I think you have a better shot in the National League, actually, with the dominant bullpen, because the only team you really got to worry about from that standpoint is L.A. So I think if the Brewers made a move like that, if they actually got in, as long as the starters kept you in the game for five innings, I think they'd actually match up better than most clubs would. And obviously they're going to get uh, Chase Anderson back at some point where when it's all said and done. Matt Garza goes tonight for the Brewers, and uh, the, the weekend set is Garza, then Brent Suter, then Junior Guerra uh, in this series at Philadelphia, facing up against Aaron Nola, Jeremy Hellickson, and Jared Eikhoff for the Phillies, who have won two of their last three. They won their series in Miami. Uh, but they do have the worst record in baseball. So let's see how that works. Hardcore talking to us yesterday said, Philly is one of those unique teams that their record is awful because they can't hit, but their pitching is actually pretty good. Yeah. So we'll see how that weekend plays out, especially with the Brewers scuffling at the plate. And again, no Ryan Braun tonight. Keon Broxton is not in the lineup. Brett Phillips is. So we'll see how that plays out tonight in Philadelphia. First pitch about 35 minutes from now or so. By the way, an FYI, Wainwright against Lester tomorrow for the Cubs. And then Sunday it would be... Sunday's the prime Waka timer. and with, Quintana. Yeah, Quintana. That goes to Sunday night. And uh, so that's a pretty good matchup in and over the weekend in Chicago. The Brewers have Monday off before they go to Washington. Uh, and then keep in mind that the Cubs will get the White Sox the first four days of next week in the two-game home-and-home south side, north side of Chicago before the Cubs come and play a home series in Milwaukee. Yeah, and home. the White Sox are a bad team right now, too, yeah, by yeah. the way. And a I home mean series a in Cubs Milwaukee, I get it. home series in Milwaukee because they... Well, it might be more of a 50-50 split than you think. Yeah, maybe not. Um, no, I think so. maybe not. Uh, Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, PackersNews.com, six days away from the start of training camp. Pete Doherty joined us about an hour and a half ago, 
In case you missed it, we bring you back that conversation with Pete Doherty talking Packers going into training camp six days from now. You hear that conversation coming up next on the Mike Heller Show. Back in on the Mike Heller Show on a quitting time Friday edition of the program. Brewers and Phillies will get underway in Philadelphia about 30 minutes or so from now. Good news out of Chicago earlier today from a Brewers perspective as the Cubs were beaten by the St. Louis Cardinals. So the lead in the NL Central heading into Brewers play over the weekend is a game and a half. We'll see where it stacks up when it's all said and done this weekend. And the Brewers have an off day Monday before going to Washington, D.C., also getting underway next week is Green Bay Packers training camp. Earlier today, we visited with our green and gold insider, Pete Doherty, of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, PackersNews.com. I began by asking Pete, when camp begins, what is it that he will first be looking for? Well, the big things, I mean, you know, the first couple days, the first two practices, I think it's the first two because of the CBA, they won't be in pads. So when they start going in pads, I think the practice starts Thursday or Saturday will be the first uh, padded practice. You know, big things I'll be looking for are, you know, where's the pass rush going to come from besides, you know, Clay Matthews? Uh, like, is anybody, I mean, I'm Imperial provides some too, but is there anybody, uh, Jim Ronelli yet, um, Fackrell, uh, Beagle, I don't think will be practicing. I'm not sure about that, but, you know, is there anybody else who can give a little juice to that rush? And then I'll be looking at the two, the top two draft picks in the secondary, Jones and uh, King and seeing if those guys are going to make the, the defense any better. Those will be the big things I'm watching. But you know what? You're you're trying to stay attuned to everything because you never know what could be a big development. And um, sometimes th- in camp things pop up that um, you know are harbingers of what's going to happen during the season, good or bad. Pete, i got to ask a self-serving question here. It's The end of summer comes when p- the position-by-position position series starts in the paper. <laughs> and it's it's a rite of passage, and as a guy who did that for many years covering the Brewers, uh, I used to argue with my editors about it, and I would say, "Why do we do this every year? Why, why we'll still write the same stories, but why do we package them this way?" And the answer was, "Well, we've always done it this way." I'm like, "Well, that's a dumb reason to do it." And then they said, "But our our readers expect it." I said, "Yeah, because we give it to them all the time." It was a chicken and egg thing. It went on and on. The bottom line is, I always did position by position. <laughs> so yeah, there's, you know, I think it's. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, yeah, I, I was just going to say. So I, I just wanted your thoughts about it. I know. I mean, the guys who are doing it, and it's it's to me, it's it's not that they're lazy, but it seems a lazy way to present the news. But it's also comfortable and familiar to people. So I just wonder what you think. You know, the the only thing that I would say to that is there's nothing new under the sun in journalism, so I think you could package it different ways, and it's really just the same stuff. Uh, the thing I'd argue, and, you know, in total candor here, I mean, we've been writing basically the same stuff since the draft, you know? I mean, it's just the same stuff, and stories move an inch forward maybe, you know, in the off season, And... They want Packer stuff in there because people are clicking on it, so they want it in there, something every day. And this is really, again, the same stuff, just repackaged a little differently, and it's just because there's a demand for readership. But I'd argue, you know, what's true, and, you know, I mean, maybe you'd have something innovative to do, but I still think we'd just be doing the same stuff, but packaged in a, you know, a slightly different-looking um, package. When do you really know about uh, what they present? Can you pick up things enough in practice and in exhibition games to really know, or does the learning begin on September the 10th with Seattle? For me, it's uh, it's September 10th. Um, you know, it's the real games. And even then, as we saw last year, 
what happens in the first half of the season isn't necessarily how the second half will turn out, you know. It's so fluid, um, you know, so there may not be a ton of mystery. This may be, and this we may go over this a lot this year, this could be basically the same team we've been looking at for about six or seven years with a chance to win the Super Bowl, and if a couple things break their way and a couple players take off, then they could be really good. And if not, then they're still going to be in the playoffs, and you never know what can happen with a quarterback like Rodgers. Um, I mean, you know, if, that's, if I had to put any money down, I mean, what's really that different this year than last year or the year before or the year before that? So they're in a circumstance, Pete, where the, the one of the biggest things is something you can't predict or forecast or know, which is health. What are the big health concerns coming into this season? I mean, people are wondering, well, is Ty Montgomery built to absorb the pounding he's going to take? Or, But is there anything overriding? Is there anything that they're watching, any red flags to start? You know, I think just the big thing is just, you know, the key guys. You know, we saw what a Jordy Nelson injury could do to the quarterback's production. Um, so he's he's a key guy. I think I'm guessing Martellus Bennett's just like Cook last year. Uh, Martellus Bennett's health will be really important. They've got some backups at running back. We don't know if any of them can play, but, I mean, they drafted three of them. you got to think at least one of those guys is going to be able to help them out. So maybe there'll be a little more depth there. I guess what I would worry about if I were them is maybe, for instance, on the offensive line, whereas the last couple of years they were in position to absorb injuries, like at the center position, for instance. Those injuries didn't hurt them at all because they flip-flopped with those two guys who both of them are NFL-caliber starters. Um, they're a little weakened now with uh, the losses in free agency with Lang leaving and uh, and um, my bomb blanking on the, the, the center. Sitting, um, or, uh, back up last yeah, year. Anyway, those two guys take a J.C. Treader. Those guys took off in free agency. So they're they're thinner there now on the on the offensive line. So I think they're fine with their starting five, but an injury could be uh, a lot more costly this year than it would have been maybe the last year or two. Uh, Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press Gazette, PackersNews.com, joining us on the Mike Heller Show. John Dorsey conversation since his uh, surprise departure from Kansas City has been really quiet. Do you think it's quiet in Green Bay? Do you think there's been any conversation? I don't know. I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago about where he thought he would, if he thought Dorsey would end up anywhere this year. And this guy, he knows Dorsey. I don't know that. I don't think he had talked to him, but he had heard, you know, maybe that's like Seattle was a possibility because of John Schneider out there. I haven't heard anything about him coming here. I would think if they were going to do that, uh, if you're if you're talking about just for this season, I would think they would have already done that. Uh, if you're talking about him being Thompson's successor, I just don't know. I'm not so sure. The guys in house wouldn't have an upper hand on him right now. Um, I don't know. Nobody knows what Mark Murphy's thinking. He hasn't tipped his hand at all. Um, but I don't know that he would have a better chance at the job than an Elliott Wolf or Brian Kudekunst or uh, Alonzo Highsmith. Uh, in, in that same vein, if I can follow up on that, do you think that they already have a transition plan in place for the, uh, for the general manager's position in Green Bay? Ted Thompson's contract up after the draft next spring. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. Um, I don't have a good read on that because Murphy's not giving away anything. He says he keeps saying he knows the process that they're going to do when whenever Thompson leaves. That tells me that he's going to use that search firm that that they've used in the past, the search firm that hired him for the for the Packers executive committee how many years ago that was. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he's being coy when he says that. I would. I mean, I think. One of his jobs is to have a short list of guys, and he should be making this hire, and he shouldn't be going to a search committee for this. 
you know, for a director of, um, you know, like one of the administrative positions in the, on the like director of advertising or whatever on the business side, I could see using a search firm. But for something football, uh, I think that's the president's job. So I, but it sounds like that's probably what he'd do. And if he has a plan, um, he's kept it pretty tight to the vest and hasn't told anybody or has kept the circle small enough where nothing on that has leaked out to anyone I know or anything that I've ever uh, read or heard uh, around town. Pete, in the pecking order of uh, Packers assignments, where does the shareholders meeting rank in terms of <laughs> having to cover it and come up with news from it? You know, it's not real fun to cover. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to go out there anymore as columnist. We, have, we send uh, one of the younger beat writers out there, so I don't know if that tells you anything. You know, when Wolf was the GM, it, it wasn't too bad because uh, he'd always give the shareholders a, a little bit of news. You know, nothing huge, but, you know, he'd give them a couple nuggets. I mean, Ted Thompson just stands there, and they show all these slides, but all he does is read off who's on the roster at every position. That's basically all he does. So, and uh, there's no Jason Weed used to at least kind of entertain the crowd with his Green Bay hominess, and there's none of that anymore. So it's, um, it's a pretty empty, uh, it's been a pretty empty experience for several years now, for as long as Thompson's been GM. You know, there was the uh, the comments, uh, and I think we talked about it when it happened, but Greg Jennings a couple of weeks ago talking about um, his thoughts on the Packers and why they hadn't been able to uh, have more success. I'm sure you heard it, but just for those who maybe haven't, or to refresh, here's what Greg Jennings had to say. For me, the issue is it's kind of two-sided, and I'm just going to say, I'm just going to flat out say it. If we had a lead, our, di- our issue wasn't the defense. Our issue was Mike McCarthy because he would cuff us w- as far as continuing. When you watch New England play, when they have a lead, they go for, they, they go for your throat. They don't because relax. They have the best they quarterback in football. That, they, they, have, they have a great quarterback. They, they have arguably the best have. quarterback in football, but they have no doubt about it the best head coach in football, and probably the best coaching staff in all of football. Understanding uh, the umbrella here that Jennings is working under, trying to be provocative, he's on a national radio television show. So I, I get that part. Uh, to Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers came at least to somewhat of defense of that uh, most recently. Overall, bigger picture of what Jennings has to say. How much of it is real? How much of it is perceived? What's your view? Yeah, I, I'm not buying a lot of it. I mean, there's no doubt we could go back and pick out a couple games where that's happened. You know, the Seattle game in the playoffs being the biggest one, the championship game. And there's, I seem to remember, and I couldn't pick the game out, but I remember when I when I saw these comments, I was like, you know, I can think of a game earlier than that too, where where that happened. But um, I mean, let's face it, New England isn't winning championships because they. Put the hand, they put their foot on people's throats. They're winning championships because they have the best quarterback ever and maybe the best coach ever. That's those are the two biggest reasons. Um, you know, I just I'm just not seeing that being a big factor in whether the Packers have uh, you know with their one Super Bowl in the last seven or eight years, whatever it is. I, I understand. I don't think it's I don't think he's just it's completely out of left field and it's totally useless and there's nothing to it. But I just don't see it as, as that big a factor. And I, I'm guessing we're, we're only talking. You know, a, a couple of different teams. Here, I mean, go back and look through their scores. There's some big blowouts in there too, where they won big and they keep uh, keep hammering teams. So, Pete, um, after all the years and, and all the, the the fallout from the divorce, now they're changing the name of Brett Favre Steakhouse to the Hall of Fame Steakhouse in Green Bay. 
now. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, sound's coming uh, down now. <laughs> that's probably uh, that's his call. I'm sure. Um, you know, I'm still suspicious about how good the relations are. I think this is mostly the relations between the two are mostly just a big business deal because both are going to make a lot of money off of getting along well. That's my suspicion. Yeah. And Agreed. they're going to have the ribbon cutting on the new name uh, next week, I guess. So uh, so that will happen in uh, relative short order. Well, your summer is now done, so welcome back to training camp, and we'll look forward to our, our conversations as camp gets underway on Thursday. Yeah, lots of, uh, lots of football to talk about. I look forward to uh, finally not having to do all the speculation <laughs> and actually talk about some stuff that's happening on the field. Yeah, absolutely. We'll look forward to it. Thank you, Pete. Okay, see you guys. Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us earlier today. And, yeah, indeed they do. The Packers get their camp underway on Thursday of next week. Two of the NFL teams got underway today. Everybody else gets underway next week. And the Brewers, or rather the Packers, I'm sorry, uh, get underway on Thursday. All kind of counting down to the season opening game on September the 10th against the Seattle Seahawks, the return of Eddie Lacy. Woohoo! So what we got to look forward to in that game? That'll be the opener. Well, think of this. Green Bay will open the season at home against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks still considered to be among the favorites in the NFC. And then the Packers will get to go open the brand-new stadium in Atlanta the following Sunday night against the Falcons and the defending NFC champions. That place will be slightly juiced for that game. Slightly. Two years in a row, Packers have been uh, in that mode. Last year they got to open up Minnesota Stadium in Minnesota, and this year they get to go open up the uh, new Atlanta Falcons Stadium in Atlanta. Hey, did you notice me going to convulsions during part of that uh, conversation when they played the Greg Jennings interview? Yeah, and you know, and the whole thing about it, it, this is uh, the inside radio conversation here ends up being, I know what Jennings is doing. Jennings is doing something to try and earn playtime on a network television radio show. And in doing so, you're said to, hey, don't mince words. Be provocative. Be controversial. Say what you think. And when you say what you think, add a little to it. Give it some juice. Well, I get that. You've got to do that. I, I know. But this whole, they've got the best quarterback, and he's the greatest quarterback, and that's all you need to win titles just drives me through the flippant roof, and it never ends. No, and I that's mean, the it, thing. It, it, that's what it, drives me nuts. If, if you wanted to lay it out there, if you wanted to, in the, too late in the show to begin this full-fledged discussion. But however, if you wanted to lay it out there, and you said to me, what's the most important factor in a team that consistently wins in the NFL, the average player, the average person is probably going to say quarterback. And I'll tell you that it's not. It's, it's a general manager and a system. Bill Correct. Belichick would win there with whoever he has. He had. already has. <laughs> he's done that with any quarterback he's had. So Bill and Belichick, he's got a really good offensive line. He's the story. That's he's the guy that makes them win. Brady is a great quarterback. I don't know if Brady's the best quarterback in the NFL, and I I bristle at the comments that offhandedly just say they've got the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think they do. They have the best coach who is also their GM in the NFL. That's why they win. Brady is really good. I don't I'm you know, listen, some people think that when I discredit Brady as being the de facto best quarterback in the NFL that I'm not giving him the credit. I do give him the credit. He's a great quarterback. I would and and a model NFL guy, the guy that you want. He's a guy you want because he's competitive and he wins. However, if you gave me the choice that said you can have Brady 
from 10 years ago, if you said you can have Brady or you can have Belichick, I'll take Belichick. Belichick. Not, even a, not even a decision to be made there. Now, if you ask me the same question in Green Bay, do you want McCarthy or you, do you want Rodgers? Now I really got to think about it. Now I really got to think about it because I do like Mike McCarthy, but I think the gap into what Belichick gives you over any player is greater than the gap between what I think Mike McCarthy gives you compared to the quarterback. And, in fact, I, in Green Bay, I, I would take Rodgers. I don't think that's a knock on McCarthy. I think you would say that for any coach other than Belichick. Yeah, and that's the point. And that's yeah. the point that you're trying to get to in talking about that conversation that Jennings is in on a network national radio TV show is that the de facto answer is, well, they've got the best quarterback. And that Stop drives it. me crazy. They don't. That drives me nuts. I don't know that they do, but they do without question. Uh, you win because of more than a quarterback. Anyway, that's coach. that. Yeah. All right, so it'll be an uh, interesting conversation that we get to have on Monday because the Brewers have lost five in a row, but they're going to Philadelphia. The Cubs already lost today after winning six in a row. They get St. Louis the rest of the weekend. This is going to be a fun weekend. Well, I don't know if it'll be fun. Well, maybe it'll be fun. Could be. It's got the potential to be very fun. On Monday, we'll get to talk about whether it's fun or more heartbreaking or whatever (laughs) you want to attach to it. We'll visit with you Monday after 2. Thanks for being here. This is the Mike Heller Show. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.